Hello and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on Discord. This is Parker, go by one who parks on Discord. This is Jeremy, I'm on Discord. You'll know me as Jeremy, only Jeremy. And this is Aaron, I go by Treffenwood. And thank you for joining us again on another episode of Infamous. Uh, so, starting off with announcements today, uh, Parker is down to 521 probationary episodes. And despite what you might think, yes, he's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to our much-awaited segment that you've probably been waiting on for several days. Parker, what's next? News. News. So, first bit of news, big news, uh, that was announced is that um, the... Uh, WTC, which uh, it stands for World, what's the team? World Dodge. Confetti. Dodgeball. World Team. The World Dodgeball. The World Team Committee, uh, which has been. Siberian Cyborgs. Yep. Which has been um, uh, creating an amazing event for an international uh, competition in War Machine for many years, uh, has decided to extend. Um, their event to also include Marvel Crisis Protocol, which means Marvel Crisis Protocol is going to get their first uh, uh, semi-official um, international tournament. Uh, this year it's not semi-official. <laughs> well, I mean, it's I don't know how much is recognized by Atomic Mass Games, but it is well, it's the most yeah. international tournament you can get in the world, right? Yes. So I, I doubt it will be recognized by Atomic Mass Games because mm-hmm. no competitive tournaments are recognized by Atomic Mass Games. Right. Uh, however, uh, the, the WTC is pretty well known throughout the gaming communities for majors games. They hold, there is a WTC for most major tournaments. They've had them for 40k, Guild Ball, War Machine, and so on. And so now, um, Marvel Crest Protocol is going to be among the ranks of games that have a WTC. And uh, they're, they are attaching it specifically to the War Machine event this year, at least. I believe so. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that's what they announced. I, I, I will watch their announcement video. So... The guys who run the the War Machine ones are attaching it to it, mostly because when they know that a lot of the people who were excited about War Machine at one time, who come a bit disillusioned by the game, have moved to Marvel Crisis Protocol um, and excited about it. So the the communities are already entwined, so they thought this would be a great pair. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be um, right now. They have not put a limit on countries that can go. Um, or nor an amount of teams that can go. It's just amount of space that they have, and they're willing to create more space right now. So um, the teams are groups of is is it four, five. five. Yeah, it's five. And they also said that even if you make a team of five, that having a sixth as an alternate is actually really nice to have because uh, in years previous they have an alternates tournament at the convention when they see exactly how many much numbers they have for the mcp version they're excited and hopefully they can create an alternate tournament so you can come there you can participate in the alternates tournament as an individual but then if your team needs you for some important reason then you can you know drop out of the alternate tournament and jump into the main tournament so teams of five slash six depending upon how many um you want to bring to hedge bets against potential uh, damage to your team for any number of reasons um, and, uh, we know what's happening in, uh, the Netherlands, Netherlands, right? No, Denmark, 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 um, Copenhagen, Denmark is where it's happening. So right in between Sweden and, uh, Denmark, little peninsula. Um, in, is. in my experience, um, it's actually very nice to have a, um, an alternate on your team. 
I know one year a friend of mine, Carl, went and um, four of their team members had emergency travel issues um, the day of. And so they all arrived uh, on average two days late to the tournament, uh, which is obviously one alternate's got not going to help you in that situation. However, they were able to drum up enough people of alternates of other teams to play for them as well. Uh, so they were able to at least get some games in. But yeah, it was it was kind of a nightmare scenario for them. Um, but I believe they also allow you to have a dedicated coach uh, who can basically give you advice uh, during the, the list selection process and everything, and like talk about matchups and things. Basically, he's a he's a person on your team that doesn't play games, mm-hmm. uh, but they they help in a lot of different ways. Like can, they can do as little as go and get your team water during the rounds and actually give you advice for like how to do list selection and things like that. I think also the in the past the alternates often taken that kind of role until yeah. now and until just recently. I think he said the last two years. Don't quote me, but I think he said just recently is when they started doing the alternate the alternate tournament. Because there were so many alternates that were coming, right. that it became it became such a bigger deal. They're like, "Hey, we could definitely run a side event for these guys who are just kind of waiting around, yeah. performing that advisory role." And so, so you could choose. You know, I want to coach or I want to uh, go play another game. Yeah. Does the alternate you never have know, like... to be? Does the alternate have to be a male? And no, can no. they be incredibly attractive? Oh. Where are we going? Uh, I'm just asking for future. So. Do Do they have an hourly rate? Is that what you're asking? I'm not asking. I'm I'm asking. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um. Um. I, I guess I keep that story private. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now nah, we're gonna tell the story. Um. So there was a person that went to LVO, and I don't know if this person was insecure or just lonely, but uh, they hired a we'll say escort to go with them to Las Vegas and spend the weekend with them and keep them company while they were in Las Vegas. Um, and they were just walking around, like, hanging out together the whole weekend, uh, and we thought that was really weird. <laughs> Holy shit, that was happening? That actually happened, yeah. God damn it. Could have at least pointed that out. The scary part was, uh, and this, this is going to be this is gonna be the worst part, uh, I heard... I don't know that this is factually correct, but the person was from St. Joe, Missouri. (laughs) And so immediately I went, who's telling lies about me? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. All right. Not to derail the news too much. Yeah, that was the news. Moving on. Uh, I mean, beyond this, uh, they're they're trying to do a pre-registration that starts, uh, I believe it's actually at the end of this week is when they said they were likely to have the pre-registration up. And the pre-registration doesn't uh, force you to have a spot or anything. They're just trying to find out exactly how much of an interest there is and start mm-hmm. uh, making sure they have enough space. Uh, their biggest limitation is going to be terrain and mats. And there's a lot of guys from you know around Europe that are already pledging to come in cars that they're going to tr- they think they can have enough stuff but their space apparently is wide open they're they're not nervous at all about space it's really just can they get enough playing surfaces uh, that are worthwhile so that that's their main limitation right now that they're trying to figure out but once they have pre-registration done um, and they have a good idea then they're going to open it up to official registration cool uh, i know uh, we are excited to uh, attempt to go uh, for the most part so we're going to see how all this shakes out in the future but uh, so far, we're we're optimistic we might be able to go to this. So there was no attempting; there was only doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm going. Uh, I'm also going. Oh, I'm shit! I'll already be there. 
You you were already going to be in Denmark. That's yeah, impressive. I just happened to be like it's just that's my people. Nice. That, your your people? Like business people? <sighs> no, I just want to be there. Can I just be okay. there? You can go wherever the hell you want. You're your own boss. Jeremy, we do have our um, alternate spot open if you're interested. I'm not getting in the barrel again. <laughs> get you into a barrel one time and all of a sudden it's a big deal. No, you said we trade and we never traded. <laughs> no one ever I, came for me. You didn't stay in the barrel all night. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's WTC. We're very excited. Um, yeah. This is actually pretty big news. Um, yeah. All right, so what's next, Parker? Uh, we got a new character has been um, spoiled. Uh, he's up on uh, the Asmodee site. It is Modoc Scientist Supreme, which I love that it's like a take on Sorcerer Supreme, only science. I think it's it's perfect name. Um the middle organism designed only for killing is now got a second version. Uh, what we know about him is he's going to come with two te- two team tactics cards. So uh, likely not a new uh, a leader tactics card or an affiliation tactics card like they'd love to print. I think for I think now every two months we'll get a new leadership tactics cards. I feel like it's happening, but that's not happening in this one most likely. Um, and. The only thing they mention in the description is that there's got some new ways to engage and disrupt opponents. So it's both sinister and wild, quote unquote, is what they say. So not exactly sure. Not exactly sure what that means. Not not a lot of like like rules to interpret off of that. Other than most likely he'll have some control effects, but the other one already had control effects. So I'm interested to see how they make this one different. But they've done a great job so far. You guys got any wild speculation you want to decide about Modoc? I have none. I mean, he has a giant missile pod, so I'm guessing he's got some sort of weird ass, like, one time use card or something. I mean, that missile pack is, like, legit and it has, like, <laughs> big things in it. So that's, um, that's his doomsday chair that he attacks with on the first version. That's, that's what that is. It's yeah. all kinds of different weapons and shit pop up out of it. Um, now I'm not saying he won't have something like that but i'm just saying like that's yeah that's normal for modok he, he's always got that shit coming out of him um aaron pointed out that i think it was on one of the websites that it says it has an all-new token sheet yeah the back of the box if you uh, yeah. s- uh zoom in yeah it says one token sheet yeah i really don't think they're giving us more uh stun bleed root so well, they shouldn't have put it on the um Certainly shouldn't have put it on the box if it was something that minor. Usually they don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, um, I think that if there's any token, the boxes usually usually list everything. So if, if they even have any tokens at all, it'll list them. So, all right. Well, let's see. I'm going to pull up Emma Frost and see what it says. It does not say token sheet for Emma Frost. Yeah. Most of the yeah. Most yeah. of the new releases have not, and by new I mean like last year, have not had tokens associated with them. Unless yeah. they actually had little punch-outs to use um, for anything more than just statuses. So my uh, assumption is that there will be a tactics card uh, or potentially just a superpower. But my guess is tactics card uh, that uses them. And I can't imagine it's... like I have no idea what it, what it would be. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like a Vapors of Valtor or a Black Bifrost, but neither of those seem particularly uh, on well, point. Based- Basically, he says he has a new way to control their enemies. I could see a new status effect, like, in the vein of Root or, like, something like that. 
Ooh, that would be hot and sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've already had uh, like a really restricted one, like Judgment's Ooh. a very restricted effect. What if it was like, like a that. confused token, and like the next time the model went to advance, you your opponent makes the advance? That would be stupid as fuck, but okay. <laughs> Alright, fine. Uh, yeah, uh, the model's pretty cool. I actually like the old model more, but this is a cool model. You like the old one more? I think this one is much more dynamic. It is more dynamic, but that doesn't mean it's better. I like the other one more. I like the detail on the face so much more. Mm. Uh, it has so much more emotion in it. Like This one definitely has more motion, but the other one has more emotion, mm. which is usually what I care about more. I love the giant technological doodads on it. Yeah, all, those I'm are cool. About, I'm all about Bodoc, you know, being, you know, uh, uh, a scientist too, not just a psychic powerhouse. Yeah. I think that's cool. He looks, it looks like, he looks much more sleek and like, I don't know, mm-hmm. new. This looks like the anime version of Modoc versus like the comic book version, if that makes sense. Well, they've had, like, they've redesigned his character lots and sure. lots of times. And they've always said, like, it's because he's redesigning his, like, body all the time, right? Yeah. Trying to make it better, better for killing, basically. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm very excited. Um, I like that they're redoing Wave 1. That's very fun. Um, I'm definitely going to try and play this guy. Uh, is it weird that I hope, I think they're going to go bigger with him, but I almost want him to be smaller. Like, oh, I like a four point Modoc. I just have a feeling that's not going to happen, but I would be very surprised yeah. if he was less than five, but you know, we could always bet on it. No, I'm, I would, I will lose that bet. <laughs> no, I'm saying I don't it think it will like, happen. It sounds like you're not that confident. Well, if I want to, if I want, I, I wouldn't bet on my hopes and dreams because they are hopes and dreams and therefore unlikely to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think Hulk is going to be like eight points. I like my Modoc to be in a okay. tuxedo. <laughs> okay, can we do, can we He's try this? Playing the, lead guitar about, for like an angel band. What what <laughs> odds would you what odds would you give me that both Modoc and Immortal Hulk? So sorry, sorry, Immortal Hulk and Modoc Scientist Supreme are more points than the current incarnations. You want to bet that they will be more? That points? they'll both be more. I think they'll both I, be I, more. I would give you very bad odds on that. Okay. Think, you think well, it's true? I think new Modoc will be five points. I'd be surprised if he was six, but there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I think it's slightly more likely that he's six than four, but I, I think both possibilities actually exist. But I think five is the most likely. So so we're saying, what? so you want to bet in favor of both of them being more expensive than the original versions? Yeah. Um, because I just because I just said I I would want it the other way, but I I'm sure it won't be. So, so that way you're happy either way. Yeah. Because I'm quite. Pop- I would I'm say I I would probably say like three or four to one. Where's probably where I would start with that. Okay. So if you wanted to bet a hundred episodes, you would you would you would gain like twenty five, or lose in that example. Okay. Let's bet. Can I bet uh, two hundred episodes? Okay. I'll take those odds with 200 episodes. Let's find out. All right. Let's do this. Um, I think they'll both be more expensive. Parker, 200 episodes to... Um, Scientist Supreme and Immortal Hulk 50. are more expensive. Uh, Modoc plus Hulk 2 are more than original threats. Each. Okay. All right, you got it. 
deal. Nice. And that's news. For like Hulk to be eight and Modok to be five, and you lose the bet. Oh, yep. That, that's why I thought I could take odds, because I have to get both mm. at the same time. But yeah. That, we'll, we'll try it. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, do we have any more news? Anybody want to talk about anything we talked about already? All right. Already. We'll move on then. Um. So for currently playing, um, I, myself, Jeremy, and Aaron went to the Melee at Shiloh in um, Springdale, Arkansas. We played games and uh fun was had uh aaron seemed to start a feud of some kind and uh jeremy um cemented his stature in the tournament rankings we'll say that uh i had the worst weekend of my entire life and that was the weekend let's move on <laughs> what? we have to talk about it <laughs> you don't have to tell me a play-by-play but we'll, could you at least tell me the record Oh, no, it's not like the number of games I won and lost, although I, I, I lost quite a few of them. Well, I don't know. Let's see. I beat, I won one, two, I think two of my games. I think two. Uh, but yeah, no, I had I had bad dice and then it just led to me getting frustrated and I started making some mistakes in my later games. Um, That's your least favorite, the way. I So I, I tend to vent when I get bad dice and it's so that I can like exercise the negative feelings and then i move past it mm-hmm. uh and the, but over the weekend i just it kept happening so many games in a row that it was like soul crushing after a while and so at the one point i was just like like this is so not fun anymore because i'm just running into the brick wall repeatedly and so i like started questioning like am i actually just playing badly because i'm so frustrated or am i getting bad dice on top of mistakes mm-hmm. and so i was i was very annoyed um, looking back, there was definitely a lot of mistakes I made over the weekend, but I don't know if it was that many more than normal. Um, but yeah, it was just frustrating because I would repeatedly try and make what I thought was my best option and just have it fail like on its face. Um, but I mean, I enjoyed most of my opponents. I, I enjoyed a lot of the matchups. I learned some stuff over the weekend. Um, and you're, you're playing Brotherhood, the same thing you're playing in Vegas. No, I played my, um, my soup list, my cabal soup list. That uh, we talked about last time. It was uh, Ah. the Wakanda Thanos Cabal Mm -hmm. thing. I played that in the first one. Um, I won one of the three games in the first tournament. And then I played it again against the person who got second in the tournament, Spencer. uh, After it was over, just like a casual pickup game. And it performed pretty well. Uh, I just couldn't quite get it done in my first round game. Um trying to remember now who i played jeremy or aaron did i play you in round two of the um the qualifying event no i managed to avoid you and jeremy uh bradley you played one game yeah you played bradley played bradley round one i just cannot for life me remember who i played round two taylor keaton spencer played taylor in round three i'm drawing a complete blank here nick was it spencer did i play spencer twice that day and just completely forget No, it was Nick. It was Nick. Um, anyway, I got to my first round game. I had a situation where Modok could go through the, um, what was it called? The um, the Black Bifrost portal with one hit point, And he had to kill a one hit point bullseye after going through the portal. And if he kills him, I get exactly enough power to walk the other model off the point and win the game to 16 exactly. Um so Modok's two psychic blasts into the two 
Um, two mystic defense bullseye with one hit point and the throw all failed to kill him and I lost the game. <laughs> I was very frustrated. Uh, then round, I can't remember anything about round two. I think I was just still mad from round one. Uh, then the third round I played Taylor and I actually rolled very well against Taylor. Um, he also rolled pretty well, but it was like he had, he was playing guardians that was six wide at 15 on um researcher mayor fisk so i was terrified but then just like we both rode really well so then my big attack pools overwhelmed his small defense pools so it didn't matter that he rolled well which was really unfortunate mm. um and then it was just you know malekith just got on the 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 momentum swing of dazing everyone every time and so that was just like unstoppable momentum on that game um then i played a game with Spencer, after the tournament, he played his Midnight Suns. He activates a lot of models with his. He's got Doctor Strange and Iron Fist, which is obviously a pretty strong matchup into, like, a three-wide list. Um, so as soon as he hit the first binding, it was pretty much game over, which was, you know, good job by him. It's 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 a rough list to play into for that. And so he found a good counter to a tall list, which I liked. Um, then for the rest of the event, uh, I switched to Spider-Foes. Um, which I proceeded to basically just be playing whack-a-moles that I pushed at people. It was pretty fun. <laughs> and uh, that was my weekend. That sounds about like what I witnessed <laughs> Yeah, from your weekend. Um, mm. So I, I, all, I played the, the big guy list as well, and I won my first game, and the second game I lost, but apparently I missed something, and I could have won it. Um, it was a time issue. The problem with playing three models and, uh, you know, five or six, everything takes so long to kind of, it, it seems like you should be fast, but honestly, everything matters so much that mm -hmm. you end up grinding down because you can't make any mistakes. And, uh, yeah, I missed something. I guess I, sh I could have won it. Um, do you, do you mind if I jump in here? Go ahead. So this was your game against Spencer. He was yeah. doing his activation midnight suns list, yep. which is brutal to play into with Malekith. And I think he hit you with one of them early, didn't he? I got activated on, like, turn yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah, that was brutal. And so you were doing a really good job of digging yourself out of that hole over the course of time. And I, it's really hard when you're in that spot, you're trying to dig out of a hole, and you mm -hmm. come up with a game plan to try and execute. And you're just following that plan as hard as you can, trying to dig out of the hole. But then another opportunity shows up, and you, it's hard to get out of that mindset and recognize it in the moment, mm -hmm. which is unfortunately, I think, what happened. So uh, an activation thing? Like using... Yeah, so Strange has Crimson Binding, which activates opponent's models. Right, and but so then you use He just time bats. walks you. Yeah, or you're trying to use bats he to can. make sure it happens. He did use bats. He can. Yeah. yeah that's he also he has it. Iron Fist on the yeah. table. Right? Iron Fist and so Bats are there. He has uh, two different ways, and so he can chain activate you. Because if Strange does it on two, then Iron Fist can do it on three, and then so, and then he can do it again with Doctor Strange. And it's just like, oh, it's a nightmare when you just don't play with Malekith. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I how actually do, thought Jeremy played pretty well. How do you? I'm not. I'm not. How do you get to do that before Malekith activates on turn two? You don't put Strange in threat range of Malekith. Yeah, he's range four, so Malekith. So just. I mean, the thing is, is, okay, you can attack him once with Malekith, because you've got to move up in the mm. charge, and then you've wasted the fact that you need to daze and KO things every turn. Right. So... So so the problem is, he forces you to activate first with Malekith, yeah. just so you only get staggered. And which and you just don't give him a good first activation. I get so it. I get it. So position just... really defensively, and 
And so you position mm. to where he wants to activate like Hulk or Modok first. And when he does, it's a trap. And then Malekith gets activated. Or whoever didn't go, right? You can also do it to any of the other models. Right. As long as Strange doesn't get killed on top of two, you're activating someone like 95% of the time. And if you get it on a natural roll and don't have to use bats, then you have bats for turn four. Yeah. And so he's losing three consecutive activations with yeah. one of his six plus point models. Which it's a cool, cool. list. Like playing against it, I, yeah. I've never had to use like peripheral um, mm-hmm. in that you've got two models that can activate you like at whim. So trying to keep a hold and eye on that took a lot of time. And I guess at the end of the game, I, I could have grabbed an objective and just moved somewhere and I bet I would have won the game, but I saw my win condition as tabling him. Um, and it just, it, I just, again, you're, you, you're right. I, I looked at what I thought was in front of me and I did my best at it and there was another option. And I just missed it. Um, that, but I think it's really cool that they that he was playing something because that's been in there that's been in the, the game for a long time like it's not been not he, not around. But well, I don't what he had too, cool. so he had another element that was really strong that has not been in the game for a long time, which is Midnight Suns and a Red Skull Two. That shit is crazy. Um, so being able to move uh, Red Skull Two up and kind of do what he wants, it really is a. It's tough when, again, you're only playing three models, and I, I knew that. So, mm-hmm. I, again, you have to dodge. There's three major dodges right there. Like, you got to figure out what you're going to attack, what you're going to dodge. Like, it's pretty cool. Like, it's a cool list that actually inspires me a little bit, thinking I want to mess with it maybe because I like Doctor Strange in there. Um, mm-hmm. and anyway, it was a good list, and Spencer's a good player. So that's totally cool. It, it was fine. It was a good game. Um, we played almost another match of that. Uh, the second day, too, when we played, uh, he got me then, too. So I am 0-4 against Spencer. He's now my new uh, he's my new nemesis, if if that's a thing in this game. I don't know. Nice. Nemesi. Nemesis. 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 Nem. Namaste. Yeah. So, yeah. And we had some good games. It was fun. I mean, that's really all that matters. And that... One of the most funny things that had happened all weekend, and they, he has mentioned it already, or, or Brandon has, is the fact that I took fifth or whatever. So normally at a convention, I, people announce I didn't things. Say it. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. People announce things, and they'll go, you know, first place, second place, third, whatever. And then he kept going deeper. They stop. Yeah, they yeah, stop. They stop and he usually after deeper. three. And he's like fourth place, so and so, and then fifth place, Jeremy. I'm like, you could have stopped at three. Like, what are you fucking <laughs> no, doing? No, no. Just, just to be clear, you weren't, you didn't get fifth. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> it was like, for our listeners out there, tell the audience you did get fifth place. It was sixth. <laughs> that was one sixth. was, yeah, that one was sixth. I brought up mm-hmm. one of, I was, you know, the caboose or whatever, but uh, that was pretty funny. Like, because I mean, you know, like when you're, especially the first tournament, because that was a a, a qualifier. So once you lose a game, like this, the last game really doesn't mean anything. It's like whatever. So I wasn't all in anymore. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty funny. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Come on. So then the next tournament, he makes sure to announce all the places. <laughs> oh my god. I asked it. I specifically asked him privately to announce all of them. Okay, good. I'm glad you did that. Thanks yeah. so much. No. And so I got. Um, I tied for seventh, also known as getting fourth. <laughs> so the whole weekend, I was like, I tied for second, but Jeremy tied for seventh, even though we had the same record. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was great. We did well to very well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Aaron, how did your games go? Uh, first day, they went really well. I ended up taking uh, Brotherhood Criminals. Uh, swapped in Spider-Woman into the list. I forget who I took out, but she was fun to play. Uh, played Taylor first round uh, with his wide uh, Guardians, which is scary as shit, as you said. Yeah. Uh, just managed to pull that out with uh, dice and positioning. Uh, played Magneto to uh, counter some of all the, uh, all, all the all the small shots that were coming in. Uh, second game, played against uh, Bradley, uh, running uh, wide Shadowland Criminals. Uh, I played Scoundrels and Senators, and I dropped Kingpin. And that game was uh, was over very quickly because Kingpin did his Kingpin thing and didn't let Shadowlands kill me uh, fast enough. And then third round, uh, I get in the habit of always playing people that beat Jeremy in the previous round. Happened Sorry. with Yo, uh, happened here. So basically, I'm your Bucky. I got your back. You son Wait of a Wait a second. Bitch. You played Bradley round two, right? Yes. I played Bradley round one. See, I got both your backs. Good. I'm the Commandos and Bucky. I'm I'm like the was it the martial arts instructor in in Karate Kid, like but in your ear like kill this guy, Just <laughs> <laughs> sweep the leg, Johnny. Get, get the revenge. Get the revenge. Sweep the leg. So so this was the uh, the top table for the uh, the LBO qualifying ticket. Uh, Spencer was a great opponent. Uh, I don't think either of us put too much pressure on it, but uh, he ended up playing his Midnight Suns list. Uh, we dropped intrusions and paranoia. And I chose 16 because I didn't feel like giving him the 19 uh, that would let him play all his fun toys. Uh, and into Intrusions Paranoia, my list can either drop Magneto, Mystique, or Kingpin. Uh, and with the centerline fight, I dropped Magneto. Uh, I won't go through the, uh, the game, but I will just give two highlights. One, if you are playing Magneto, the second person in your list almost always should be... Anyone have a guess? It's Mystique, right? You're wrong. Ooh. Oh, I know who you're going to yeah. say. Yeah. Jeremy, Parker, you guys want to be wrong too? Ju- ju- juggernaut? You're wrong. Jeremy. Okay. It's not Juggernaut. Save the day. Rhino? No. God, I don't know. I don't okay. Think... Brandon, Just... who is it? Apex Predator. It is Apex. Oh, oh my God. Your, you're hot. Oh. <laughs> that guy's chub. a dick. <laughs> so he, he single-handedly won the game. Um, mm. On turn three. He got days turn two or turn I watched three. that. He, I watched that happen. He wakes up from getting dazed and like kills three people. Yeah, he's. I got the ten amount? power. Yeah, uh, you're dead. I'm gonna throw into you. Oh, you're dead now. I'm gonna pounce into you and take my second claw rush into you. Like it's insane. The amount of stop squealing and die runt abilities you want your opponent to use in a turn is less than two. <laughs> that is the correct answer. <laughs> so you combine uh, two eight dice builders with a size uh, three pounce and a character throw. Yeah, he murdered three people. Yeah. Then yeah, he, you guys he, talked he about uses his yeah. power to kill things. Yeah. Yeah, and Magneto gives him that power. Uh, normally, um, you talked about uh, Spencer's list and activating people. So he did what he did against you all, and he went into Magneto and activated him. Turn, I think it was three. Um, right after Apex woke up and killed the world. So normally <laughs> that'd be a great play, but in this instance, it ended up giving me Pryo back. Mm-hmm. So if he had not activated Magneto, um, I think that the people that Apex had dazed. Uh, would have then woken up with Pryo and potentially dazed him back because I would not have been able to play Magnetic Refraction. Because he yeah. activated Magneto, I got to play Refraction, and Apex was like, aha, I get another chance? So he just murdered all three of them again. Like, by himself, he murdered the entire enemy team. It was super impressive to watch, with probably slightly above average dice, but nothing that was obscene. 
so uh, those are the two points. Was even if you have a really cool ability like activating someone, it might not be best to use it. Uh, and if you're playing Magneto, you owe it to yourself to put Apex in your list for ten games and see how he does. Yeah, I think Apex is um, quickly becoming the uh, most popular splash model in the game. Uh, I actually don't know how good he is as a splash model without someone helping his power gen, but... Yeah, you're not wrong, but like it only takes one spike for him to have enough power for several turns. Yep, you're true. He is a very good model. Okay, talk about day two. Uh, I would like to talk about my Sabertooth real quick, because okay. I did three stop squealing and die runs over the weekend, and I netted <laughs> zero damage. <laughs> so, uh, And I was playing Spider-Foes, so... Uh, I'm just, I'm not happy with it. He's trash. I've decided to never play him again because clearly that was a good, good justification for how good he is. Yeah. We, uh, we have somebody in our discord who always talks about how venom is just bad. And he re he recognizes that his venom is bad for some reason. And every time he does, I'm just like, but I have, I have lost games to only venom so many times. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, venom. I, yep. just venom. Like he was the only reason why I lost. And so, I, I know I'm usually that person that gets you with Venom, but yeah. I get everyone with Venom. Right. Like, Venom is a monster, and he doesn't need to roll well. Like, you just, it, it's it's all about understanding the threat of Venom and how it can fuck with people and yeah. where to put him. Like, and that's, yet, it's such a nightmare. And, and yet, I can see how somebody could really not like him because he's a short, medium mover who needs power to start his thing, right? So, like, mm -hmm. so yeah, I could see how somebody could play him four times and and be really disappointed every time if you don't like unlock him. So, Sabretooth's a similar thing. If you can get him to use all of his power or, or make sure he's always in a position to use his power, he's going to feel like an absolute monster. Yeah. All right. Do your day twos. Uh, I guess a primer. This was a casual event um, that Aaron decided that, that he wanted to just make people unhappy with. But the format was you got to bring 12 characters, 12 tactics cards, and all the missions were plus two. And right. so if you got a 17-point mission, it was a 19-point mission. And so it was basically Slaughterfest was the, the style. And so go. Jeremy? I kind of already talked about mine. I mean... Yeah, I already talked about mine, too. The only You're thing... the only one that split it up. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I will say is I, I do know that you, Brandon, were having a tough time over the last couple of days getting your ass kicked because of your dice or bad decisions or a combination. I did see you roll some shitty dice like when we played at the house as like a, a, a random game. Like just, oh, I was just trying to be humble Jesus with Christ. the bad decisions thing. No, it was all dice. Like, I, was so <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah I, like, well, I know clearly I could have made decisions. I hate when people complain about yeah. dice and say, like, I only lost because of dice. I don't actually think... I lost that many. Like I, yeah. I did lose several games. I should have won, but like I won. I, I I did the math a minute ago. I did, I won three of my games over the weekend that I had no fucking business winning because I should have lost those games. Because in those specific games, I never gave up, even with the bad dice. Yeah, and so that let me keep playing and win. Like in Aaron's game, which we haven't talked about yet, we'll get yeah. to. But like I can't believe I won that fucking game. But it happened because I never gave up. I kept trying to make the decisions that would help me win the spot. The problem was it just wasn't fun because like Venom goes into three pointer, does zero damage and dies back. And it's just like, this isn't fun. Doing this every yeah. round of an entire day is not fun. And that that was why it was demoralizing. I don't care about losing. It was that my decisions were irrelevant. I yeah, think I just wanted. To... Well, my point was just to finish off what I was saying, um, like 
we were getting ready to play the last game and I was honestly like, I don't want to play you right now. Like mm-hmm. you're having a bad time and I don't want to be a part of that. And you knowing that on yourself and being able to take a minute and regroup and, you know, t- go out for like 15 minutes and then come back and go, I want to play a game. No, we're good. And you did. And, you know, uh, just being able to reset, I haven't seen you be able to do that before. So huge props on that. Like, honestly, you you came back and you were like, I don't want to burn this game. I don't want to throw it in the trash because that's where I saw you at. Like, you're just like, I'm going to take all my models and just heave them today. Oh, I was never going to do that. Well, um, you seemed I was definitely like upset. I was definitely upset, but yeah. like, I usually don't stay upset for that long. It was just that it kept happening, which yeah. is why I was, I was just continually refreshed all day is why I was still mad. Yeah. Usually I get over it pretty quickly, but it was, I was just most mad from the most recent version. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't really take a break. Um, I just had to go to the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you purged. I know, right? It was good. It was a pretty bad trip, too. Like, it was bad. <laughs> but, anyway. yeah, the game we had was actually one of the best. I guess games. I misspoke, too. It was my game against you, not my game against Aaron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, we right. actually had a pretty decent game, so that we, was cool. We did. I, I thought we, we both played pretty well. Okay, I'll talk about my game two, Hurry day up. two stuff real quick. <laughs> day two. Uh, so, I decided to bring Inhumans to this tournament uh, for funsies. Uh, I had, like, two or three practice games with them, but I decided, what the hell, let's just bring them down. Uh, I lost two of those practice games to Jeremy, by the way. Uh, there's only one real big takeaway that I had, uh, which is if you're playing Inhumans, I strongly suggest including Sentinel Prime in your list. I had played Inhumans with Ulic. Uh The problem is there's no dice mods, and sometimes he just fails, even if he gets turned on turn one. Um, Sent Prime in Inhumans uh, felt amazing. Uh, Brandon, you're talking about how, how just like, the games feel as you're playing them, like win or lose, you just want to have a good time playing, and that was a blast. Um, anyone who played War Machine can compare this to Convergence, and what I mean by that is uh, Inhumans recycle power with Scent Prime. It's not just pushing power around. For instance, Scent Prime, or sorry, uh, Black Bolt can spend three to gain two extra dice on his attack. So he does that. He gets extra power. Uh, from that attack. So Scent Prime will then re- help him re-roll. So Scent Prime will spend two. Uh, Black Bolt will generate power at the end of his turn. He will send a power to Scent Prime. Uh, then Rocket goes, uh, and he unloads on some people. Uh, Scent Prime gives him some re-rolls to help daze people. And then at the end of the turn, Rocket will refund Scent Prime the power that he spent for re-rolling back to him. So it's not just passing power from A to B. It's recycling the power. Uh, so it was really using Scent Prime and a bunch of builders. So by the end of turn three or four, my entire team is just flush with power, and I am re-rolling the fucking world all the time. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of similar to when you do a Modoc attack and you're spending the three power on his builder to re-roll, which is usually netting you extra damage, which is then refunding power. Or when um, any number of characters spend power to up the dice on their builder and you generate that power. It's somewhat inconsistent. Sometimes it really pays off and sometimes it doesn't do anything. But when you've got three models doing that and they can all share power and have rerolls, it becomes much more consistent. So you're actually getting those returns on a regular basis. Yep. Uh, I don't think it's super top tier competitive, but it was a lot of fun. Ended mm-hmm. up playing Spencer again in the final and bringing that one down. Um, but yeah, Inhumans with Scent Prime, play it, have fun. Could you, is it crazy that you could do the same thing 
for not not saying it's better. Just you can do the same thing with Shuri, right? Like she can. She doesn't. Well, it's specifically that he's using it with um, Inhumans and handing the power around, and so she has, Shuri gives you the rerolls. It's the same reroll math, except that Sentinel Prime also has the spend power to gain extra dice on a builder and can reroll his own dice. Ah, and so he's the, just yeah. another cog in that wheel Got that keeps it. turning the power in a circle. Perfect. Yeah, that Shuri, makes sense. Shuri generates the power, but she's not doing the damage that he's doing. So it's a two-point upgrade on Shuri that gives you yet another turret model. There's another There's another really powerful thing here, which is he's a large base that's really difficult to dislodge. So you can mm-hmm. swing your formation all around him. And if your opponent spends a lot of time trying to kill him, they have to spend a fair amount of time trying to kill him. And whereas yeah. Shuri can be, dis- you know, can be one-shotted. But he he's going. To, you're going to have to really concentrate on him. But you have all these other things that are really threatening. That's really cool. I played in humans a lot, and I did not like how they fell down. Um, and then they could, couldn't really get back up. They were glass jawed. But that would give you a little bit more staying power. That's that's cool. I will be doing it. I will I will I will try that. That sounds fun. Parker, don't go copying Aaron's list just because uh, he's the only person to ever have success with Inhumans. This is. Uh, I, I want you to know that this, you know this, once we talk about something on this podcast, that's the next thing I do. Like, that's, that's the only thing I yeah, do I next. Um, well, I'm Jeremy, playing Inhumans through February. You can have them starting March. Deal. Uh, Jeremy, I will be needing that uh, doorstop you're using called Sentinel Prime, because I heard mm-hmm. I heard you don't want it anymore. <laughs> I threw it in the trash. He already threw it away, yeah. Damn it. Okay. After you left the Super Bowl party, he literally just walked over to the mantle and threw it in the fireplace. For those of you who don't know, when I went to Jeremy's place for the uh, for the party, I, I was looking at admiring his models on the mantle. I love, I love Jeremy's paint, and he goes, "Oh, do you like those three Sentinel guys? If you want to, you can just walk away with them." And I knew he was being facetious, kinda. <laughs> I don't know. They're he fun. had a pretty bad time. Yeah, those are the two worst games I've had in uh, forever. I think. They were awful. Yeah. I, I, I'm I going to say this, and I don't take this the wrong way. I think Sentinels might not be your play style. <laughs> uh, well, just automatically losing felt bad. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I bet it did. No, um, I, I, I don't think they do what you want to do, and so you kind of fight against their natural tendencies, which just makes them go from like mediocre to terrible. No, I and let so them do I, what I they think... want to do. They just explode. <laughs> I don't feel like their intention was to like pull Wolverine into melee, but um, honestly, I think that they need to be ran not with three of them. I think two with other things is probably key, and that's not what I would ever want to do. I mean, I have three giant yeah. robots; they're all hanging out. Like that's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's kind of strange is the Sentinel Prime is the reason to run them, but his leadership and their leadership cards are not strong enough to make you want to run lots of Sentinels. It's like, just run Sentinel prime. If you want to run Sentinels, it's it feels odd, but that's kind of where their factions at affiliation rather. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I hope somebody in the future picks them up and gives them a good run. I, what I would, I, I will, I will definitely try them again. If they print like, uh, an Omega Sentinel or, um, Oh, man, I'm just a Nimrod. Nimrod. Like, yeah, just give them, just give them two more models, so they're the faction doesn't only have three models, and just, and I think that would be fine. And then all of a sudden they could do different stuff, different I reasons. I don't for think them. them having three affiliated models really matters that much. I I think it creates exactly what I just said, which is you 
you need a reason to run the affiliation, right? And since none of their tactics cards inspire that kind of loyalty, and their leadership doesn't inspire that kind of loyalty, they're both so meh, the reason to run them would be because you love Sentinels. But if you yes. wanted to win with Sentinels, it'd be better to just put them in another place. Just put a Sentinel or two, like Jeremy just said, even put two of them somewhere else. Um, I, I think that's by design, though. Perhaps. They're they made only you, for decoration, not for kill. If you look at Winter Guard, yeah. they're very similar. They have individually powerful pieces that work decently well together, but they, they're they not fleshed out. They're very narrow. They're very you know streamlined because they're only really meant for people who just want to play them. And so instead of spending an overabundance of time trying to add all these other models to their affiliation and make them very complex, they said that, well, the only we only want the people playing these that just want to play them. And so they're not really balanced to be hyper-competitive on their own, mm-hmm. but it's there for the fluff background if you want to play them. Right. Well, I think I, when I play Sentinels, I felt like they weren't completely underpowered. They weren't, you know, a terrible negative experience. But I guess the thing that when you create when you say i'm going to create a faction that's not for everyone then you're going to have people like jeremy who is an outspoken awesome otherwise positive member of the community constantly make sure he that people understand how much sentinels are shit <laughs> and like and i don't know why i don't know why you would do that to a thing i wouldn't want built. to make jeremy my enemy i'm always nice to jeremy but what i mean is i just like I don't know why you, as a content creator of any kind, what I mean content creator, not us, like content creator of, of a game, why you would go, I really want, I'm, I'm putting a lot of time, energy, effort into this. I want to make sure that some people hate it, though. Like, I don't I, think they're I trying don't... to make sure people hate it. I just think they're, it's just what it is, right? Like, you can't make, you can't, you, you end up with huge bloat if you make all these obscure affiliations, but also try and make them all competitive simultaneously. Oh, no, I... I didn't say we need to make sure that our tactics cards and their three models that are out are are better than other models or ahead of the Jedi curve. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that as long as they are this very shallow thing, it's going to be very unappealing. Maybe just to me. Maybe I'm the only person. It's really fun when other people, like, if I were on the other side of it and I just got to whack-a-mole giant models all game and, like, three turns in, automatically win, that would make me feel really, really good. I mean, I don't care how the Sentinel player feels because they brought trash. Is that what I you're like saying? How we're we're back to zero sum game of fun. Uh, I think a good example is like X Force. I think I still eyeball X Force every once in a while because at least they have like six models. So there's like things to do, even I if do even if they are behind the bell curve, way behind because they printed two other factions that do their thing better. But like. Even though they're behind the bell curve, at least they have a, a, a series of models, and each one of them is fairly different and has different things to do. As opposed in in Sentinels, it's it's a very different story. So it's un it's uninspiring. So if you had if you if you put two more models in the faction affiliation, it'd feel great. And if they never do that because they never want that to be part of Sentinels identity, great. But then they should expect people to not like Sentinels. And I would be surprised if they never add another Sentinel. I just don't think it's a priority for them right now. Mm-hmm. Word. Um, so anyway, moving on. Um, hobby projects. I've been assembling models. I'm very excited. Welcome back. I know. Well, I have to assemble models because I threw all my current models in the trash on the way back from Arkansas. I was going to say, that was a lot of models that mm-hmm. went in that trash yeah. can. 
And then you yeah. stomped it down like grapes. I know, right? <laughs> and then I set it on fire. <laughs> um, yeah, so I assembled uh, Toad. Not Toad. I always do that. Pyro Blob. Um, Rhino. Beta Ray Bill. Ulick. And I just assembled Spider-Woman before I came down to record. Um, so I'm going to try and get Spider-Woman Age of Venom done tonight. And then maybe Sentinel Prime. We'll see. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll be fully assembled again after this weekend. Um, but mainly I want to start painting again. Anybody else working on anything? Uh, I assembled Beta Ray Bill and Spider-Woman. That's But I'm probably going to send the rest of my painter. Because I'm not sure when I'll ever get to play the others. They're, they're so far down on the list. I am not yeah. going to assemble Ulick. He'll 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 come back around to me eventually. He's very easy to put together if it makes you yeah. decide at all. He's extremely simple. Oh, you know, I actually you thought know some Ray... models have like the weird like clamshell stuff. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He just plugs. He just glue the pieces in. That is cool. But I actually thought Beta Ray and uh, uh, Spider Woman went together really fast. So yeah, I was surprised how good Spider Woman was. I think this group of models went together probably the best of any two boxes ever. Like I thought, they, I know. I, I even yeah. thought like uh, Agent Venom was going to be a nightmare, but man, it mm. wasn't bad at all. I was like, okay, do 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 do. That's good. Uh, the one I was most impressed with was probably Rhino. Um, there yeah. are some gaps, like not horrendous or anything, but they're just like noticeable if you know where you're looking. Um, yeah. But the the model is just very good in general. Um, Beta Ray went together surprisingly well. Uh, there's obviously the annoyance of his rounded feet and like that. Where are you supposed to glue him? So he doesn't immediately break. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's been very fun. Um, I'm excited for the next wave of models too. All right. So for our main top today, so we can quit rambling and actually like dive into the, the deep nuggets here. Um, meat, the restricted list. Is it good, bad or necessary? I'll go first. All right, you you started this the shit show. You I better... did. I did. This is my idea. So this is not a shit uh, show. I, this is this is captivating, interesting uh, concepts. Go. I I have two uh, points and one caveat to make. Uh, I'm going to start off by saying uh, the restricted list is unnecessary. I think the game would be in a perfectly fine place if they just did away with the entire restricted list. Uh, my two points are as follows. One, they have been making a significant amount of good team tactics cards lately whether they are affiliation based character based or just generic uh there are a lot of cards fighting for my 10 right i don't i'm not 100 percent sure i would want to slot a restricted in over them um we could talk more about that i don't want to i don't want to go on a, uh, a diatribe for too long without letting you guys t- chime in aaron aaron yeah. we are literally built on that entire concept yeah just dying. talking over each other for long periods please diatribe Okay. What's that? What did you say? <laughs> Wake up. He doesn't normally listen because he, he's used to people just rambling on forever. Oh, yeah. Uh, my second point is if you disagree and you're like, no, I've got plenty of room in my in my roster, uh, I would argue that you're probably playing one of the off-meta lists. If you think about the three most meta lists, right? Brotherhood, Brotherhood X-Men, um, and Avengers. Like, Brotherhood have a shit ton of actually really good cards. So do X Men. Like, what what are you leaving at home for your third tech, your your third restricted card? First class, to me, got to get some air. Well, I think uh, deception. Like, these cards are staples. You're not leaving Avengers Assemble at home. If you're playing in, Inhu- hold on, is got to get some air really meta? Am I just in the dark on that? Uh, I think some people get lots of uh, 
lots of good use out of it and consider it staple okay. to Logan. I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I everyone just does. Would though. assume exceptional healing's hitting the board way sooner. Oh, exceptional so, healing's yeah. a, a, yes. Exceptional healing is a quote unquote staple restricted card. So yeah, I, I would agree. If you have if you have a healing factor model, it's it's almost required. Um, so that means that your go to is two restricteds first class and exceptional healing. Uh, so yeah, I think go going out to get some air, being somewhere in the neighborhood of sacrifice or patch up or follow me, I think is is a bit ambitious. But yeah. Uh, there's also a lot of people uh, that are in love with fallback. Uh, mission mm-hmm. objective is a great counter rhino play. Um, sure. Uh, on the other hand, if you're playing, uh, let's say defenders, right? Why not give them access to uh, patch up, sacrifice, and brace, right? So if you have a less good stable of team tactics cards, then congratulations, you have more good ones to choose from. So in essence, we're buffing the bottom half of the factions by giving them access to better team tactics cards that currently the restricted list doesn't allow for. So I think okay. by doing away with the restricted list, you in essence don't buff the top half, you buff the bottom half. I think that's great. Right. So those are my I two points. that's a good point. And then my caveat is I don't know what we'd have to do about Thanos. I do okay. think if so you didn't that's, restrict that's the, 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 the gems... A a space reality Thanos with all the restricted cards to keep him alive sounds fucking horrible. So that's the caveat is we, we'd have to tweak Thanos somehow. Uh, but anyway, two points and one caveat. Go ahead. Well, that, that's not a caveat. That's an entirely different point. But yeah, that's sure. in my opinion, that's the entire reason we have the restricted list. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, the restricted list existed, but it was basically like the healing cards before. And then when they were going to fix Thanos, I think they made the decision instead of nerfing thanos they're just going to restrict the stones um i think that's that's the primary reason that you can't get rid of the restricted lists because you would just see black order splash again i'm looking at the restricted list now and i'm trying to i think the restricted list was incredibly important uh i just started a sentence and just totally gave up on it i start i think the restricted (laughs) list is very important um whenever they had every single card in the game. But since they already did the big turnover, got rid of the initial cards, and now we're looking at just patch up can heal. Um brace for impact is a pseudo heal. Um disarm is a pseudo heal. Indomitable is a pseudo heal. But they're all like contingent upon certain things being present and they could do absolutely nothing or heal very little. Because of that, I don't know why you still need the restricted list except for exactly the infinity gems. Um, and, but then I don't know how you, like, it doesn't matter if the, if the infinity gems are on there and nothing else is, then it doesn't matter, right? So you'd have to, like you said, I think you'd actually have to fix Thanos instead. Um, however, well, I don't actually know that it's just Thanos, but yeah. I the stones. Say, uh, the uh, stones is the biggest part. What Real quick, what if you made each, the problem stones, count for two team tactics card slots? I mean, what if you just made them count for team tactics card slots? Just a, Just a slot. Sure. Anyway, I don't want to fix Thanos. Maybe yeah. we can, but uh, I, I'm more interested in continuing the, the right. generic discussion and not including Thanos on uh, our restricted list. And the reason uh, I thought this was important is because I've seen a lot of chatter about X card should be restricted, whether it's yeah. um, uh, fallback, mission yeah. objective, um, exceptional healing. Those are the three big ones I've, I've seen chatter about, at which point the restricted list just becomes like 10 to 11 cards. But my point is, 
all the we accomplish the same objective yeah. if we just unrestrict everything. All right, so let's just let's just get everyone's initial impressions on board. So, I'm of the opinion that I would like to see the the restricted list get expanded before it was demolished. Like, I think it's in an okay place now, but if it was going to change, I would like to see more cards make the restricted list. Parker, what's your opinion? You're not going to validate that, or we? You're not going to like. <laughs> well, we're going to have a conversation about it, but I'm just wanting to know where your head's at when we start the conversation. Um. I think that if it, for me, the only one that I really, the only ones that I care about are the ones that provide health, like cards okay. that provide health are like the ones that are the, make me the most nervous because those are always the ones that uh, are the hardest one to balance in every game ever I've ever seen. Anything that says my guy gets health back. So, so and, in a nutshell, you're saying that you, you think the restricted list is important. Yeah, I think a restricted list is important exists. as long as you're continuing to print cards that, that equal health. Okay. Um, uh, Jeremy. Yeah. I think, and I think Parker's kind of on the same line I am, except I would go more extreme. I think any card that gives health back should be banned. I don't think that should exist at all. You okay. go through a lot of work to get there. And it's just bullshit to be able to fix it. It's just bullshit. So you think the restricted list shouldn't exist because they should just ban the cards they're worthy of putting on it? Yep, pretty much. Okay. And Aaron thinks the restricted list should go away because they've already banned all the important stuff. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's, there's well, we're all in different places, so that's fun. There, there's one other thing about the restricted list, which is nice. I think it shouldn't be so static if you were going to change it. I like the idea that the, the, things that, that the game is constantly changing. I would love it if they're like, like they're already doing the seasons of cards. I even wonder if they should do like inside the seasons of cards, change the restricteds just to be oh like, God. you know what, you know what these, no. I know that's, te- I know that's terrible and people don't like to have to be checking the document or whatever, but I would love it. If maybe just once a year, they just said, we're changing the restricted list to these cards. Now they're restricted now. And some of them could be stayed. Some of them could change. And the reason why is it just asks people to do something new. Because when you see the same thing over and over and over again, then people's first reaction is, we'll just ban all those. You're like, okay, well, then you're going to see the next thing over and over and over again. And they go, okay, we'll just ban all those. And you're like, well, then where are the cards in the game? So, Yeah, I think there's a a fine line between what's good and what's broken. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay for things in the game to be good. It's not okay for things in the game to be broken. So it's Mm -hmm. what is the difference is hard to come across because exceptional healing in the right moment feels broken as fuck. And in other times, it feels just okay. Um, I think that a rotation any more than once a year would be too extreme. I I think way too many games right now kill themselves trying to adapt too quickly because the most active players in the community get bored and the the lesser active players can't keep up at the same time. And I see gaming across the industry doing that right now. 40K, you know... Magic Gathering, video games are doing it. Everything is trying to rotate so quickly that you have to spend all of your attention on it. And I really hate that. Um, and so I'm just worried that if they did do a rotating restricted list, it would it would lead to that. Which obviously, just changing the restricted cards is going to be too bad. But I think I don't think they need to change the restricted list to target things that they see dominant in the meta, which mm-hmm. I think is a lot of people's first grab. I think just any other cards. Just the point is just to make it. Just to make players wonder what to do new, right? Um, They're going to be do it. They do that anyway when they get rid of the sets. I mean, right. That's already but, built into the system. But we we don't know how long that's going to be. If that's a like a three year process, like that's 
that that's fucking forever. Like the game could be dead My guess before is you see the next. It set. only it it's not on a schedule, and they just do it when they feel it's necessary, which right. is probably worse for Parker than anything else. I, I like I like I like you like um, it to stay fresh. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the rock paper scissors. I like the I like the wheel to spin. I, I don't like it to to sit. I I've never played a game for very long that has the spinny wheel, and I have not never liked it in a game that's had it. So, um, now that being said, can it lead to a, a meta stagnating? Yes, that's hundred percent something that can happen. I think that their release schedule on its own is enough to shake things up occasionally, as long as we're addressing the things that are dominating for the reasons that they're dominating. Like for example, Black Order stayed dominant for a long time. Thanos not nearly as long, or not, excuse me, not Thanos, Malekith not nearly as long, but he dominated very harshly in that time period. Um, so I guess my justification for why I'd like to see more things on the restricted list is right now it's very light on the decision making in restricteds. And I think that's part of where Aaron was coming from is that your decisions are very obvious. It's like you play brace and pick another card, restricted list over, let's move on. And it's just not very, you know, intuitive or not intuitive, but like not very intellectually pleasing to like just have binary choices like that. Um, the only time you would ever take a stone is when you're taking up multiple stones. Usually is just the way it works right now. You're kind of taking space reality Thanos or you're not. Um, so if we added more cards to the list, like I don't know that I would do exceptional healing, but it's definitely in the category that you would be pulling from. I think fallback and mission objective would definitely be on the list. Uh, I, have I, a, I have an interesting question related to this. Uh, let's say you took all the team tactics cards uh, off and all the restricted cards off. And let's say, let's just a magical, hypothetical, magic pixie dust. Thanos is difficult to play in his current iteration with no restrictions, right? So... They, we we did somebody did something to fix Thanos, so he's not the thing that everybody reaches for. You know the drop the Thanos drop in. Does every list become, you know, f- five from the restricted lists, and then that's what they play? Is that every game is everybody's playing? I don't brace for impact, disarm, follow me, indomitable patch up, or something like that. Or do you just or do you start to see what we see right now, which is you're playing Ghost Rider's card, and you're playing Luke Cage's card, and you're playing. You know, you're playing you're playing your uh, Guardians card or you're playing your A-Force card because those are also feel so good. So I, I think it's a bit of both. So even though we get 10 cards, realistically, you have seven, in my opinion. The three extra cards are almost never making your, your five. So they're only there for like weird situations or like your second affiliation. Like that's really all those cards are for. Um, if we... Got rid of the restricted list. I think those three card slots are almost immediately replaced with three more restricted cards. And if that means you drop your second affiliation, I don't think that slows people down. And it's not because having those cards in your five is going to change anything. It's having them in your ten would change things. And it might be good because let's say you're playing against Hulk. Well, now Fallback, Indomitable, and Brace are in in your five instead of not being. Because if you have to worry about, like, you having a size 3 or 4 thrown into your own models, Indomitable is immediately back. And then Brace is also in there for later on. And then you're playing Fallback for the off chance that you, like, have an objective and don't want to give it to Hulk. And so I think that's kind of what happens. I don't think your five cards change that much, like Aaron was saying earlier. I think it's more that your ten cards change, which would lead to, like, less dual affiliations getting played. Hmm. 
I guess I think I, right now, go ahead. I'd say I normally operate from affiliations first and then tactics cards as the second step of list building. So I'm not sure I would ever ditch my affiliation choices based off of a perceived or real uh, lack of tactics card choices to support them. Well, I think that's probably where we start building a list from. But when you start making like like iterations over time, have you ever gotten to the point where you're like, well, I don't really play my off affiliation that often, and I could really use these other cards, and then you end up cutting it? No. That's never happened? Again, for me, I've normally played a lot of Criminal Syndicate, and Kingpin needs an off list to handle pay to flips or sure. a brawl. So for me, I've always needed that off list to cover a scenario pair. And so that's where it, it, it derives from me, right? I, I need that off list yeah. more than I need uh, three tactics card slots. Because the models are on the board the whole time, right? The card just happens once if you play at the right time. You can also play, you can also, you know, play Indomitable and it not matter at all because it wasn't important. It wasn't, it wasn't actually going to change the game. You took it, it was one of your five, it was one of your ten, and it never actually mattered. So, like, there are... You know, but, but your models that you're taking, the affiliation that you chose, that's going to be something that affects the entire game from moment one to moment last. Sure, uh, yeah. That's why I, I wonder, you know, I, my, my, like I said, my best version would be there's like there's a constantly rotating restricted thing. But if if I'm always, if I'm always playing the cards that are best and we can agree that now the restricted cards are not the best, then why is there a restricted list? Ex- right. With the with the exception of exactly Thanos, that and that's that's you know Aaron's point in a nutshell. Um, so for my perspective on the rotation thing, I don't see it working at all unless it was just to add more cards to the list. Because I I guess the argument here is: Are does anyone think there's cards on here that shouldn't be restricted? I would love to see uh, a trial period where disarm is not restricted. Okay. Like when's the last time y'all saw that card on the table? Well, it was it was getting played at that volume specifically due to like Malekith, right? Uh, it was placed on the list before Malekith came out. Really? Okay. It's a yeah, weird cause... one. That one. That one was weird. It was played by criminals mostly. I want to say, but yeah. I mean, I played it, it when was... it was a thing. Um... I remember it was popular, but I thought it was about yeah. the time Malekith. So I guess I, it was before. I think. So, but anyway, so let's say if we all agree, disarm comes off the list, which is fine. I think any other R&D. ones that we could take over. I think advanced R and D could fall off. It's new. It's newest iteration. I think you could take it. I I think that actually negatively. I mean, the problem is we're already kind of there. Everyone's just doing turn one gimmicks, yeah. and unrestricting advanced R and D just makes it more prevalent. I think it should um, be banned. I actually think it should be banned as well, and I not agree. because it's too powerful. It just leads people down the path of let's abuse abuse turn one plays and not actually play a legitimate game. And I really hate that line of play. But anyway, so the whole thought was. If you're going to start cycling the restricted list, like Parker was thinking, then what can you take off of here and not have repercussions? And I don't know that there really is but anything because anything want you take off. But I want repercussions. That's, that's the point of the recycling is you go, all right, we're going to take advanced R&D and disarm off. And you're like, well, for a part of this, you know, for a portion of this calendar, whatever it is we just set up, you know, you could see more people doing turn one stuff or more people shutting down bigger models. So bigger models become less prevalent. And well, then but... you and then how, whatever interval you decide, and I think your interval could be whatever you think is fair, whatever you think is going to be the best for the most number of players. And then after that interval is over, the next, you know, restricted season or whatever you want to call it, 
you would put another set. And then it's necessarily going to cause a change in what people perceive. I, I understand that. But I, what I'm trying to get to on this point is if we unrestrict any card on the list, you still get two other cards because it's not a banned list. So if we unrestrict Brace, that just means they also take patch up. Mm-hmm. And so if you unrestrict Sacrifice, that just means that they get Sacrifice and patch up. And so like it, it's always going to be the two most popular cards and then the one card that is unrestricted. So yeah, you will see definitely an uptick in whichever card gets unrestricted, but it's not like that card doesn't get played without. Like if Advanced R&D is the issue and everyone's playing Advanced R&D and you unrestrict Advanced R&D, now it's not that Advanced R&D is played more, it's just that they also have Brace. And so it's like, that's kind of what I'm feeling is going to happen. And I could be very wrong. Like, obviously, unrestricting Disarm would have different repercussions than unrestricting Brace. Mm. But, like, you're just... it's so Because we effectively have a list of six cards. And by unrestricting one of them, we just basically say you can take three. And That's all we're really doing. I actually think... And here's another bit, which we haven't really talked about yet. Which is, I love what they did specifically to Thanos. Because putting the Infinity Gems on there didn't actually make him any worse. It just gave people the perception that you were making sacrifices. And I don't know how much he was ever actually sacrificed. <laughs> because oh, now I actually disagree a lot because the difference is you don't get like patch up on Thanos. That's yeah, the difference. But you, but you can still heal Thanos in a number of affiliations. And sure. you just use other tactics cards. And so what I'm saying is there's still lots of ways to do the things that you were already doing, but you're now the you can't do it anywhere, which which is is again an, a, a legitimate nerf. However, it's a very very small one, <laughs> and it instead of really making Thanos difficult to play, what they did is they gave people the perception, and that we've always known that people's perception of a nerf is just as, if not more effective than the actual nerf itself, right? You don't actually have to destroy a model if you put it on a list and just put the name on the list and people immediately go, oh no, it can't be done anymore. And we know that's not true, but that's what the perception becomes. So that's one of the things I think about, that I loved about the choice to, to put it on the restricted list is I don't know if it actually changes that much about Thanos at all, but it feels like it does. And so changing the restricted list or making it rotate would have the same effect. It would give people the perception of change without actually changing the sample that much, without actually doing that much to the actual meta. It would change people's perceptions. Things would spin. Things would change because they think there's, there's, they think there's something there, even if it's not actually, that wasn't actually that big of a deal. I think you're 100% wrong. I think Thanos is a terrible model for this. I, I understand what you're saying, and that is true, but Thanos is not the model to talk about this with because he did change because of tactics cards. That was important. Psy- um, psychological nerfs are definitely a thing, and yes. they do affect the populace in very impactful ways. I don't think Thanos is a good example of it also. I think he he went away for very specific reasons that he needed the tactics cards. Mm-hmm. Being able to double heal on whim was ridiculous. Yeah. You could activate somebody like Doctor Strange or Hood and still remove the three, but then also patch up later in the turn. Yeah. And that was, you just could never get him dead. So I think, like, just to give my opinion of this whole thing, like we've been talking about, I I really think that once you find the intention of the card being cracked open 
and it's like not what it's supposed to be, or it's not supposed to be a skeleton key card, like because some of them end up being that, and you know, brace for impact is one of those. Almost always a good use. It's really cheap. It's really easy. Awesome. Great. How many of those do you want in your game? Like, what are you really meant to be able to patch up? You know, She Hulk and Hulk and like every model that has more. Okay, maybe, but like is every card doing that? And once you figure it out and you're like, look, we're not supposed to be doing X, Y, and Z. That's just stupid. Then ban the goddamn thing. Like that's how I see it. Yeah. I'm, I think the closest card to getting banned is actually like follow me, but I would agree with that. Follow me is not, there's no reason for that to be in the game. It it is nothing but like cancerous when it comes to negative play experiences. No one likes getting followed me. That's the new uh, all you've got, right? In that, in that, with yeah. that, yeah, it's the new all you've Basically. got. Basically, but at the same time, do you think it being on the restricted list is changing the amount it's played, or the fa- or the affiliations, yeah. or rather not the affiliations, but are the are the 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 roster concepts that want follow me are just taking it and they go, we didn't care about indomitable patch up, sacrifice, disarm, brace for impact, and advance R and D anyway. We didn't care about them. We wanted follow me. So does the fact that res- that follow me is restricted matter? Because we're talking about restricted. Yes, you're right. We also talk about right. cards we'd love to see banned. Mm-hmm. But that's if we're talking about restricted list, the only reason that follow me is not played as much as it used to be is because it's on this list, even though it probably didn't need to be on this list because the factions that wanted it needed that one card. That's the one they needed. Um. So I think it, it does matter that a card like follow me is on the restricted list. And I... The more we talk about this, the more I am like adamantly against going away with the restricted list. So I'm just like, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to play against every list having access to follow me. Like it's just not good for the game. Why? But um, how many? How? I we so know we know where it's abusive, but we also know where it's not. So there was the time um, after a bunch of stuff got banned. I want to say it was like a little over a year ago. Follow Me was in like 60% of lists, right? For mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it was the most recent one added to the list because yes. it wasn't initially on it after the, the original right. cycle. So it cycled, and it's like 60% of lists had Follow Me just overnight. They all had, because it was the best card left that wasn't restricted or banned. And so it was just in every roster, and it was way more powerful than the other non-restricted cards. And and when, the, when, it, when it and Advanced R&D got cycled out, it... I feel like the game went from super narrow to medium. And then when Malekith got nerfed, the game opened up back to like normal width again. Like I felt like you could play basically whatever you wanted and not feel like an idiot for it. Uh, I, I hate that logic that every single time you take a card out of the game or make it harder to play, then there will be another good card. And so you got to do that one too. And then that one too. And then that one too. And then that I don't one think, too. And then that one too. I don't too, think that and argument that is too. That, and then yeah, that I understand. Too, until you got Gambit's stealth everybody card that's the only one left you're like you're like and they're like oh well shit like this game should only be character cards then i guess right i wouldn't i don't think game, anyone's honestly. saying that i think there are the the narrow thinkers that will say that but I don't, I don't think anyone here is saying that we have 200 and something cards i think for tactics cards and mm-hmm. the the number of that we think might need to get restricted are like less than a half dozen so i mean think about how you just in how you feel when someone has Brace and then they play it. You're like, I knew that was coming. Okay, that's important. Yes. How do you feel when someone does follow me? 
Like, it makes you want to throw up. Like, it's horrible. Like, that is not a play experience that the game had intended. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Well, just just from an interaction standpoint, like, when my opponent has brace, I usually try and, like, bait it out on the yeah. lesser throw early. Absolutely. Oh, your guy's got one hit point left? I'm going to throw him into this light post. Would you like to brace? And, like, mathematically, it's the least good time to use it, but it's saving them an activation. And so, like, they feel like they have to. And, like, so there's counterplay to it. Is there's there's no counterplay for follow me really, uh, but even that it's like not only is there no counterplay, it's one of the most powerful effects in the game. There's a counterplay to follow me. Shh, <laughs> you're playing yeah. Ebony Maw. You play Scarlet Witch. There's a way to turn it off. That doesn't work. Uh, that's not a superpower. It's a tactic. Yeah. Oh, that's Good right. Call. Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, think, I'm, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of. Uh, the Corvus Glaive. I'm thinking Corvus Glaive yeah. approximately midnight. That, <laughs> You're just mad because I did it to you. You're, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. <laughs> so I I can get on board with what you, you're you throwing down, Jeremy and Brandon. Um, I, I still would not abandon the no restricted card uh, concept. Uh, but my point is, if a card is that bad, then just ban it. Like, let's ban Advanced R&D mm-hmm. and uh, follow me. Follow me. And I, I don't know... That that the game's in a bad state if you unrestrict the rest. Uh, I don't think... I'll even go a step farther. I don't think that the game needs to exile those effects from the game, but some similar toned-down version could be fine. Let's say Advanced R&D costs, like, two power, for example, and you can give one power to somebody else. Or, like, for each two power you spend, choose an ally, they gain a power. Like the Wong effect. So you're not abusing it on turn one. It's good for later to disseminate the power one character has to other allies. And it has other effects. It would, and follow me could be like, activate another character. They cannot make attack actions this turn. Something like that. So if you're just using it to try and steal priority, you got it. Like you can use it. Maybe it only costs two. And you could just like immediately activate model and move them away from danger. Like that could be an effect in the game that's useful and good and even powerful, but isn't destroying games. It doesn't what take away the card agency they... from your from your opponent. Yeah. Hmm. What was the card they put in Asgard that was super powerful? It took your uh, uh, Doom Prophecy. Yeah. So any of those cards that are like that, I I love the idea that they put them in factions that could actually use it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I mean that would be plenty useful too. I mean that would be great if you saw you know spider foes that got follow me. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like they're beaters that want to beat more. But it's not okay when you follow me with, we'll go to Thanos and Corvus Glaive and whatever else got or off a model. Malekith like, and yeah. like Hulk. It's, it's yeah, just crazy. Mm. Well, the worst part of follow me is that your tall list, you're supposed to have a bounce back turn if you get yeah, murdered man. by a tall list. But follow me, if the tall list plays it, just says, nope, I steal priority again and just murder your entire team. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm. So... Uh, for that reason, I, I agree, it can be a, a big negative play experience. And that's really the only thing that I think needs banned from the game. Um, when you unlock negative play experience combos, just get rid of them. Uh, just like, you know, all you've got, right? That's why it's gone. Hired muscle. Stuff like that uh, was negative to play into. Anyway, I have a quick tangent. Um, yeah. Of all the cards that exist in the game right now that are not restricted, uh, what is or are the most problematic? I I think the only I don't even know if there is truly a problematic card. If there if there are any, I would say that they're mostly in they're mostly only usable by certain characters. So like either affiliated only or character only. 
Um, the I think fallback's fine. Um, mission objective's fine. Exceptional healing is questionable. Um, honestly, magnetic refraction is questionable, but it's re- it's kind of weighed in by you have to have priority to make it really good. And you have to take a seven oh, character. Wait, midnight. Like six, six. Midnight. Midnight Phantasmagoria should be yeah. restricted. I, I, mm, fuck. I, I think Man, that card is fucking nuts. It's really stupid. Yeah. That swings games so hard. That it does like three things. Like it's too much. Honestly, I think I don't know if it, so the fact that he can play it out of affiliation is dumb. It yeah. should be just a cabal card. Like just leave it and in there. Making it a cabal card though doesn't help it. Like it's still broken. Because he'll they'll just play it. Most of them play in cabal anyway. I don't know about all that, but okay. I mean I think the majority of Malachis are in Cabal, or at least I, I don't know why that card exists. I gotta be honest with you. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's way too good. If it just said spend three to heal for each, it'd still be too good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really range. weird. Just make a range two. I don't think that's enough. It's better than better than it is now. It is better than it is now. If you made it cabal and range two, it would be reasonably really good. I mean, it's sta- both those cards are stapled to him, so whatever. Yeah. It's like whichever version you want to give yeah. him, he's still taking it. I don't think Black Bifrost is actually that crazy. Um, it's just good. Yeah, it's really I, good. It's a great card for him, but it's not. It's, it's, but it's not, not Phantasmagoria. Really. Yeah, because <laughs> if you're not playing Modok, I don't think you really take it unless you need it for the specific matchup. One of the things that's kind of interesting is I feel like um, we're all in agreement that there are some cards that that take agency away from your opponent and that is that feels really crummy does midnight phantasmagoria fall in that category i don't know right it reverses uh, it damage does. it pushes does the it push take away agency though there's no yes, well it's like how do you counterplay it yeah, there's no counter yeah yeah so like well, i mean there's some turn. there's some things that can't be moved but it's, it's pushing by things. a tactics card it's it's push right it's a push it's pushed by a tactics card though it's not a superpower yeah so the other ta- there's some other tactics cards in the game that say you can't be pushed but sure uh, so i think it's just indomitable though or i guess stalwart yeah, or the uh, entire winter guard faction yeah if you're standing uh, on points and make a die roll yeah i was gonna say also it's the, <laughs> there's also wolverines uh stalwart determination uh, the new card with Beater Ability. There's for... a there's a few effects, but they're yeah. almost exclusively other tactics cards. Yeah. Um. So the problem is like, let's say you go in and you daze Malekith after he goes into the middle of your army and fucks everything up. Then next turn, you know, you try or if you ever like fail to kill him, you're just completely screwed if you fail to kill him because he's going to heal three or four damage, kill two people, and teleport away. And it's just like, how do you respond to that? It's it's absolutely brutal. Well, how does he heal? How does he heal and kill people? Isn't that part of the? Um, so you can, you can. It's it's very hard to not. You just oh, push right. them you into stuff. Push them or under, other. Push them into because you choose yeah. the order, so you just push them into each other, and then yeah. they the, push away the ones you don't want to fight. And then you like you can ferocity move backwards, throw one guy into another guy. That you just pushed into each other and then like kill the other one with that, like another attack. That that would actually be a that would also be a way to just change it. Just like if he he has to do it like at the end of his activation or something, because then if you're killing a bunch of models during his activation, yeah, then, then he doesn't get to benefit from that. It. Would that would definitely re- nerf it a bit? Yeah, um, making the timing the end of the turn right because like, reactive to the end of his turn. Right, so he could he could move twice and do it, but then he's not killing anyone. 
or he can move mm-hmm. twice and kill people or move and kill people, but then he's not getting a heal back sure. and a pushback. There's there's a lot of ways we could you know try and rein it in, um, but so yeah, I, I think it's too good now. Mm-hmm. I think by far, by far the worst non-restricted text card uh, deception. Is, is deception. Oh my god, that card. Yeah. It does it not need to, to be power. banned. It needs to cost two power. Or it should be restricted. Sure. Either one would be fine. Or three power, actually. Three power would be better. It's kind of funny. I feel like all of our <sighs> examples, like Advanced R&D, Follow Me, uh, Deception, these guys are just such outliers. Do, like, Ooh. would you, would we suggest that there's just, a, at a certain point, we all agree it's too strong? Man, I hate that, though. Because then you're just like, well, then what's the next too strong card? When do you ban that one? Yeah, you said that a few times. I don't I don't see that coming up though. So Deception's problem isn't how strong it is. It's the specific play experience it engenders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is turn one jank. That's the problem. If you could not play it turn one, it could be as it is. Yeah. Uh, Actually, but, that was the thought I just had, Aaron. What if you just couldn't play tactics cards on the first turn? Any tactics cards? Like, well, they, there could be specific ones, but like you maybe give them a keyword that lets them do it. Because obviously, Eye on the Prize is intended to be used on the first turn. Cat and mouse. So they, they'd have to yeah. go back and reprint a bunch of shit, so they're never going to do that. Uh, if they ever do a Marvel 2.0, then yeah, they could release Tactics cards and they could in- incorporate that concept. Yeah. Um, all I'm saying <laughs> is that the turn one deception play is so overpowering, uh, it can straight up win games and or give huge advantages either on killing models or forcing your opponent into such a cagey uh, play style you go up so big on, on points. Yeah, it's it's definitely a takes away agency card. It's too yes. much of, yeah. Anyway, that, that's my two cents. Is the only one that I think is actually problematic well, is uh, is Deception. So are we, it's kind of funny, we've, we, <laughs> it's weird to say this at the same time, we have seen them absolutely ban things that take away your, player agency and then they're also just leaving things in the game that definitely take away player agency are they okay with some of it or are they okay with none of it that that, that was kind of an interesting well, posit. you could argue that everything takes away player agency at some level but i i think the their wherever their line is for egregious it's probably not where mine is but mm-hmm. it's it's at least in the right general area mm-hmm. I I would bet double or nothing Parker's episodes that deception has changed in the next overhaul of the cards. Yeah, I think that would be a surprise if it wasn't. If we saw like it wasn't just say this card has been banned because it was obviously broken on initial release and or they and they actually went through and like adjusted some cards that had been out for a while and and deception wasn't among them. I would be surprised. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I, this... I don't I don't believe in anything anymore. The longer brotherhood is amazing, the more you're going to see it and the more it's going to be like, yeah, this has got to go. Well, I don't actually even think it's that bad in, in brotherhood. It's in the other affiliations. That's yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. It, but I mean, you geez. actually just made it a brotherhood only card. You know yeah. what? I don't actually think it's a problem. Like, it's still good, but that that's just like brotherhood jank. And then it yeah. becomes a lot less. Like, Doom Prophecy is, like, still fucking crazy. It just doesn't matter because it's in Asgard. Now, Brotherhood's obviously better than Asgard, so that's a more of a problem. But you don't have the problem of, like, X-Men also having access to board control on the first turn. Uh, for some reason, I know Midnight Phantasmagoria, we, we talked about it. But it, as long as a card is attached to one character that is seven points, I don't think that's ever going to be something that you ban or or even restrict from the game because you have to be playing that one character at seven points. Um, 
but I feel like the three cost character somehow feels worse because you can drop her in anywhere. There's nothing. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna see more deception in lists than than Phantasmagoria, but mm-hmm. man, I think there's still a lot of Malekith running around. And I think it's only gonna increase over time. I so, think right now it's exactly what you said earlier. It's still in the psychological nerf phase, and I think people are gonna play against it and realize it's not bad and immediately switch back to it. So, Aaron, after you've heard all the posits, do you still think you can take off the restricted list? Um, sixty percent, yes. Okay. And is that majorly just due to the caveat of Thanos? Uh, yes, this has not. Yes. So if they just kept. If they let's say Thanos was banned tomorrow, you'd say dissolve the restricted list, no question. Uh, I would probably ban Follow Me. Would like to ban Advanced R and D, but would not think the game was broken if Advanced R and D was not banned or restricted. <laughs> There's a lot of caveats there, but hmm. for, for the most part, uh, I at least think I didn't want to spend like hours researching it. But uh, you know, I, I think it'd be an interesting thought experiment to go ahead and build a, a Brotherhood list, an Avengers list, or Inhumans without any restricted cards and see what your 10 looks like. Um, I could probably do it pretty quickly. but Well, Brotherhood's easy because they have infinite cards. Um, sure. There's a few affiliations that don't. Um, what if we went to like one restricted card and not two? Do you think that would make you happier? That way it's more of a, like a Sophie's Choice? God, no, that's horrible. You think it's the because, opposite direction? Yeah, everyone would take Brace. You're like, great, you take... You, you in essence, have six banned cards... Uh, everyone takes Brace plus four. That's the funny part is I actually don't think it, it, that would happen. I actually think the opposite would be true. You'd wow. see way less Brace. Because the list that absolutely have to have it like Convocation would still play Brace. But everybody else would be like, mm, I'll just suffer through the one collision and they'll take like the card they really want. Because I feel like it Brace is not the most popular because it's the first card in. I feel like it's the most popular because it's the second card in every time. And so people are like, man, I really want patch up this list and brace. I really want, you know, advanced R&D and brace. And then, the like, I don't think it's actually people's first choice a lot of the time. That's my first every time. All right. I think but you yeah. have to have it because if you get into a throw-heavy list, say Brotherhood or uh, Maw, right? If you're taking a size mm. four to the face, like, I, I think you have to have that card in your 10 to protect against that inevitability. Uh, so yep. when you see Maw or Magneto or, or anyone who's throwing fours, Rhino now, Bill, there's so many people chucking fours. It's a lot of fours, um, yeah. It is almost inarguably better than patch-up in that situation because you are preventing three to five damage. Uh, you are saving a character's activation, and it only costs you one power instead of the three to five that a patch-up would have given you. Yeah. Um, Off no, another character that you have to coordinate. Yeah. yeah. So that's why, for me, Brace Up is, or sorry, Brace for Impact, sorry, <laughs> Brace Up. Uh, brace is always the first card I choose, and I've never regretted that. Even if in some matchups, it's completely useless. I still think I have I, to have that. I think it's just interesting because in some times, you'll like live through it and end up with like three or four more power than you would have had to counter swing into said size four thrower. I think that's just an interesting line of play that people are just so scared of the size four throws. It's like, well, if you block two, you don't die, and you've got like five more power. <laughs> so uh, it's just interesting. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so I don't think we came to any kind of consensus on this, which is great. <laughs> I think we're in the general area of that you cannot just remove the restricted list, but I, 
I think we're in a prime real estate for it to be adjusted in some way. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of excited for the next bit of news we get as far as like the whole organized play rules in general. All right. Uh, moving to our next topic. Parker, do you have Comic Corner for us? Yeah, I'm excited about this Comic Corner. Um, we have... Uh, I've been uh, diving deep into my Marvel Unlimited subscription, and uh, I came up with a real pearl the other day from the bottom. Um, it's actually a recent uh, a series, and it's actually kind of a combination series called X-Death of Wolverine and X-Lives of Wolverine. And they're both actually, uh, they're like concurrent storylines and plot lines, but they're written uh, uh, by the same author. And um, Benjamin Percy is the one who wrote both of them, although they're drawn by uh, different people. So uh, uh, Joshua Cassara wrote, uh, drew, drew X Lives, and Federico uh, Vincentini drew X Deaths. And they do a great job. Um, but basically, they follow Wolverine in these concurrent. Uh, storylines and you're like well how can wolverine be at two places at once well it's because one storyline is about wolverine trying to save professor x from time traveling uh, assassins the time traveling assassin is actually omega red being sent back in time by uh uh um colossus's brother who's a, a reality warping mutant and he is hates krakoa and everything about krakoa he's formed like a russian federation of mutants and um, they want to try to destroy it by erasing Xavier's existence from history. And so they do kind of a Days of Future Past thing where they use the fact that Wolverine's been alive for so long to transport his consciousness into former versions of himself to stop Omega Red from time hopping and killing Professor X. And so there's some really cool, like, just if you like uh, the whole, uh, all, the, all the jobs Wolverine's ever had and you'd like that part of his like storyline you'll love this because it's it's fun for him to jump back into these former versions of himself and have to manage like the people he's with because sometimes he pops back and he's with Sabretooth and the Weapon X program and they're supposed to be ethnically cleansing some village and he's got to like break off from that to go stop uh Xavier getting killed and other various dramas ensue so while he's doing that very difficult job and resolving um that conflict in um X-Deaths of Wolverine, it's actually about Moira, uh, mostly. It actually centers on Moira McTaggart. For those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, Krakoa is, uh, only exists, the Krakoa mutants in, in the current um, storyline in the Marvel Universe only exists because of Moira McTaggart and the, her a mutant ability to come back from the dead. And so uh, at the end of what they call the first Krakoan age, kind of like end of this long storyline that was piloted um, by Jonathan Hickman, my favorite sci-fi writer of all time, um, they closed it with Moira has been kicked out of Krakoa and she's basically rebelled against them. And so X deaths of Wolverine is what is she doing after she gets kicked out? And why is there a future version of Wolverine from the future that's come back to hunt her because of what she eventually does to the mutant population. And so, um, he and this this version of, of Wolverine from the future is dying, like he is actively dying. His mutant power is not able to hold himself up, uh, but he is before he dies, he's going to kill uh, Moira, or at least that's his goal. And so, um, super cool, like uh, a 
storylines that are work you know entirely parallel to each other and then of course they slowly converge at the end of both so it's really fun to read them like one after the other one of the things i love about the cocoon age of x-men in general is they have they have so many titles going on simultaneously but they're all interwoven and they meet at certain points and then they you know bounce off each other and go off to their own things and they meet again and bounce off and, and they're constantly bouncing off of the walls of each other's plot lines and so this is a really good example of one writer making this happen on purpose and you know centering it around this uh this this keystone moment in krakoan history and also wolverine so if you're a fan of wolverine or you really like this krakoan age of mutant stuff and you want a really good sci-fi story uh, written by benjamin percy who is is primarily a sci-fi writer he, he has not done a lot of comics but he called in to do this um it's really good x lives and x deaths of wolverine two different series that kind of weave together all right cool um is it x lives and deaths as in like 10 each or just x because x uh, it's just x i think I, okay. uh, in the actual house of x and that kind of stuff they actually did like 10 was a theme all the time mm -hmm. and i don't think this is a theme although now that you mention it do, do you see x different lives of wolverine no i don't think you see 10 different lives i think it's only like five different attempts on xavier's life and so he goes back a couple different times in his own life um one of my favorite ones is actually to see like teenage wolverine like when he was much younger um and like I, I don't remember ever actually reading about him before, like right after his mutant abilities form, right right after puberty. One of mm -hmm. the lives he goes back into is that old, and so I never, I just never seen that before. Um, Did you know like? Do they tell you like what year that is? Do they basically say how old he is? Yeah, yeah. They go, they go, they talk about like what year he's okay. popping up in. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that that's in the X Lives of Wolverine. Um, All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Hopefully you guys had a good time with us ranting about uh, tactics cards. Yay. All right. Uh, this has been Brandon. And Parker. And Jeremy. And Aaron. And you've just listened to Parker Gets Unrestricted. We're sorry. Oh, my God. So what are we going to call this thing? I got it. Okay. Incredible, new, fantastic, astonishing, mighty, original, uncanny, sensational podcast. I'm just going to put down infamous. And we're back back again check guess it back. direct it let's guess, begin guess who's what that's the what other direction story. did you go i feel like everyone said something ice is back with a no. whole new oh no oh god no <laughs> no no we What's were wrong? going slim shady we were going mm. yeah because you were wrong oh Okay, so there's a few things that you can defend Vanilla Ice about. Uh, one is the turtle rap. Two uh, is being a realtor. And three is highlighting his hair. Everything else is bad. Wait. I love how many things you found for Vanilla <laughs> yeah, Ice. Yeah, he really reached down deep for those. You yeah, know I really appreciate about that. Mr. Ice.
Uh, I know a lot about Mr. Ice, but yet I've only heard one, or sorry, two of his songs if you count the Ninja Turtle rap. I was going to say, I know you've seen or heard the Ninja Turtle rap. Go Ninja, well, go Ninja, it. go, go Ninja, go Ninja, Did you go. know that he performed Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go at the Kansas City Comic Con this year? <gasps> oh my god. And then, get this, he performed three cover songs after it. Hells yeah. Like, man, I don't know if I... I would stay away from the other people's music if I were you. <laughs> you you are just starting to financially recover from the last time. <laughs> I feel like everything that you think would happen to a white guy rapper in that period of time happened to Vanilla Ice, and somehow Eminem missed it. Like, <laughs> like the, the, the... He got all the hate. Yeah, all the rocks and everything fell off the cliffs and just smashed Ice, and yeah. then... <laughs> Eminem was like, "Oh, oops." What Sorry. is it? The phrase: the the first one through the breach gets all the hate, right? Gets all the yeah. trouble. Yeah. Although I, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a big limb here and say the breach they went through is not the same breach. Yeah, no, not exactly the same breach. No. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> uh, Parker, uh, how is the uh, the the I don't know how to call this the the war for the Atlantic going? <laughs> Any any progress? Uh, no, no new progress. We've uh, okay. we've been in survival mode for the past like seventy two hours. We have not brought the discussion back. Um, I got you. Not. It, I, it looks I, like I, you've had a rough rough couple days. It's been pretty. It's been pretty brutal. Uh, as per usual, uh, people got sick. I'm. Yeah. Cur- I, I don't think I. I don't know what I'm sick with right now. I think I'm sick with something, but I can't tell what it is. It's not enough to lay me down. So I'm sure I'll find out what it is three weeks from now when I finally go to the doctor and they're like, you've been walking around with rickets or some shit. I don't know what it is. You've got shingles and rickets. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's lupus. I'm pretty sure it's lupus. It's um, never lupus. It's never lupus. It's and either so, always lupus or it's not lupus. It's yeah. either lupus or never lupus. So, so yeah. We, I, don't, I do not know more uh, about okay. that. Though, I, I did have one really shining moment, though, this week. Uh, I... Got a potential, not 100%, but a potential sneak preview of what I might be teaching next year, actually, in my job. And uh, they, they, I, I had to get the preview because they needed my permission, basically, because in order to teach the classes, they'd have to send me some to some extra training. Um, and they just wanted to know if I had any interest in it. And uh, the class is called Design and Modeling, which is super cool. It's basically like an engineering course, like beginning engineering, um, mm-hmm. which I thought was exciting. But I was like, you know, right now I'm teaching this math class is there like no option is the math class going away what's the alternative and they and i said oh well yeah the math class is going away we can't do that one anymore so you would actually have design and modeling in a few other classes and they started listing off two other classes one called humanities and another one called um uh, creative writing and those are the two classes i have wanted to teach at my building for years so it's like they read my diary and did not know it and just like, is it okay? We don't know if, you know, we have to be really flexible to do three preps. I'm trying to sit there and like, play it cool, play it cool, play it cool. When I'm, when I'm inside, I'm just like fireworks going off. I was so pumped. So that was really good news. While I've been like sick and and all on my own as a parent this week because Sarah's out of town, everything, everything's been like, I've lived years in the past 72 hours. But that was a high point. Mm. That was nice. It was a nice, just free gimme. Um, nice. It was nice. Well, that's always good. It is. Jeremy, I'm sure that your work is going equally well. 
Actually, it is. So, uh, I, I've officially been back to the single building. I'm not doing two buildings anymore. I'm one person doing a person's job, which is fantastic. Uh, and I spoke with the uh, the CFO, I believe, of the company, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a meeting and no one else showed, so it was just me. And mm-hmm. at the end of it, I said, you know, this went really well. I said, between me, you, and the wall, can I ask you a question? She was like, yeah. I go, what's with those robots? So <laughs> we got to have this discussion about uh, basically she's sorry and it was not rolled out properly and they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. They're just doing their best like everyone else. I'm like, you know what? That's very fair. <laughs> So yeah, it's actually not bad at all right now, which means that my car has four wheels. It will have three or two at any time. They go flying off, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aaron, how are things going with your job? Uh, it's going pretty well. I have no nice. big complaints. Hell yeah. I have a complaint about my job. Yeah? Yeah, I have this really bad employee. Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, we had a customer... Um, go into our bathroom and hang art in one of the stalls. What? Randomly? Yeah, the art is semi-offensive. <laughs> Ooh. Is it like Hitler stuff? No, it's not oh. like that. It's very, very mild stuff. Like, it's one of those clickbait kind of things. Really? But, uh, basically, there was a controversial person in a gaming community uh, doing something for comedy, which um, could be considered invasive of personal fa- space. I guess I'll just say it. It was, uh, it was known as Crackgate, where this guy would go to magic conventions and take pictures of people that didn't know how to wear belts. Oh. And so they would, usually people that were a little on the heavier side, and so he would just take pictures of their butt cracks while they were mm-hmm. playing games of magic. And he would, like, thumbs up in the picture, like, next to the person's butt, and they wouldn't, they'd be completely oblivious because they're in a room with 700 people and it's loud as fuck. Uh, so anyway, this guy ends up getting banned from all magic tournaments. So somebody printed off one of his old pictures, framed it in this big golden like filigree frame, and hung it in the bathroom stall. Oh my god! Yeah, and like I don't know. I obviously it's some kind of joke or prank, but it's just like it's like why would you go into a a company's bathroom and like put a hole in the wall to hang your stupid joke picture? Like it's just dumb, and it's not that funny. It was just weird. And it wasn't your boss that did it. It was just... No, it was definitely not. Okay. Only one of our employees even knew who the guy was. Huh. Yeah, that's really strange. Yeah. That That's a lot it's of work for weird. a dumb thing. It's a lot of work for a stupid joke that like clearly only you and like a couple other people would get. Hmm. But mostly, just don't put fucking holes in my wall. Like, if you want to make <laughs> a joke, like... Come on, guys. Like, Oh, they, like, hung it with a nail? No, yeah, they, like, put a hole in the wall and hung a picture frame in the bathroom. Oh, stall. Jesus. I was picturing them, like, setting it up on something or hanging it on one of those loops in the back of a door. No. Nope. Like, they yeah. they remodeled. <laughs> I mean, it's a hole in the wall, but... Right. It's I mean, it's, it's, it's a permanent installation is what they try to make. That's weird. Yeah, I don't understand how... It's just, like... Di- People that don't respect other people's property, which is, you know, surprise magic players don't respect other people's property, which you'd think wouldn't make any sense. Like, they spend as much money on gaming as anybody else. So, like, I don't understand how you, like, clearly if somebody went into, like, your backpack and started rifling through your carts, even if they didn't steal anything, you'd be upset, right? And so it's just weird that, like, they don't understand personal space or boundaries when it comes to anyone else's stuff. 
And it's just like really annoying. But anyway, I'm not really upset. I'm just like annoyed. Gotcha. I just don't understand why people are so inconsiderate, I guess. It's like we go through all the trouble to make sure they have a like awesome gaming space just so they can disrespect it. Um no spoilers. Quantum Mania, awesome. I liked it. It's getting odd reviews. Is it? Uh, I've yeah, seen, that's what I keep hearing. I've seen a lot of, basically, the, the thing that's happening on the internet is very odd, which is it's getting great, like, popular culture reviews. Like, basically, any, yeah, any yeah. sort of, like, popularity contest, it's getting the great The fans marks. are giving it high ratings. Right, but critics critics are, critics are calling it a dumpster fire. Like, they're just absolutely destroying it. And Have I they haven't seen read... a superhero before movie? Like mm. I I haven't read any of the... Um, the dumpster fire stuff. I just seen like little, like the start of those critic stuff, but I have seen like uh, the rotten tomatoes. It's there. It's a, it's rotten right now, but on what I, I can't remember the name of the, the website that does the fan, the fan, the big fan. Uh, rotten Meta. tomatoes does both like, right. Meta critic what, or yeah, something. yeah. Yeah. One, one of the websites that does the, the, the fan poll also has, it's got like 84% like a, approval rating. It's great for a movie, but yeah, so here you go. Uh, so the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes on Quantumania is 84%. What do you guys think the um, tomato meter is, which is the critics? 40. Aaron? Uh, 51. 48, which is bad, but like not awful. I think people are tired of superhero movies slash CGI. There's mm-hmm. just so much of it now that, I mean, I can I get it, but... For the people there that is, are just wanting to see like comic books come to life, it's cool. Mm-hmm. There's no question the movie is heavy on the CGI front. Yeah, it's just like, that is that was <laughs> my biggest complaint about it. Is like it is exclusively CGI. It it is a lot. I actually I have liked Marvel movies less once I started watching some making of stuff, and I don't know if they are trying to showcase their technology and so they're focusing on it, but I was kind of getting upset about how much of the films are CGI when they definitely wouldn't have to be. Like, it's just they're walking through New York City. No, they're not. They're walking through, like, a CGI set. You're like, it's just Mm -hmm. New York City. Like, Seinfeld did this in L.A. in the 80s. Like, you could make this happen. But it's um, it's different now because like you have to get like permits for everything. And I, no, I know no, it's a what big I'm saying, headache. No, what I'm saying you is like could like say so yeah, Seinfeld did it without any of that shit in the. I never wondered if Seinfeld was in New York or not. Um, and and so you could definitely let Doctor Strange walk down the street with with someone, and I wouldn't need you to put a green screen behind it for me to believe you. I think you could just you could have any street and and make sure. Um, I just wonder how difficult it is with, like, the popularity of Marvel that if you're like, Marvel's filming on this street, like, how impossible of a shit show it no, would be. No, what I'm saying is they have production sets. I mean, they have sets for this stuff. You don't necessarily have to shut down a street for this. Oh, so you're saying use a practical set versus a CGI set? Yeah, right. And yeah, not actually saying, be in New York? Right. I'm, I'm just saying just sure. make just you have a practical set for some of this stuff. It seems like you don't have to create it. For everything now, for Ant Man and Wasp, I assume yes, it's going to be entirely fantastical. How much, how much practical stuff can you do? Almost none, most likely. Um, I think they did almost as much practical stuff as they could. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of any <laughs> scenes where I'm like, oh, this didn't need to be CGI. I'm like, no, that that you can't film this anywhere. Yeah, 
Um, but anyway, I liked the movie. I thought it was good. It wasn't amazing. I wasn't blown away by it or anything. It wasn't like Endgame, but it was... Mm, it's definitely better than Iron Man 3, but it's uh, probably worse than Iron Man 1. So, somewhere in that range. Probably better than Iron Man 2. I don't know. Yeah, probably better. Yeah, better than Iron Man 2. And I think it's setting up a lot of important stuff. I mean, it feels like it's yeah. important, where other movies have felt so important. That was definitely my, my big, you know, thumbs up from movies. It's like, it's starting the new plot, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I like, thought Loki started it. Film. Loki felt like that, too. Loki felt like it was starting the new right, plot. Right, so that, but that's like set up, like, like nothing happened, though. Like, all it was was set up. And everything has been, like, teasers and glimpses and, you know, whispers. But now it's like, stuff is happening. Things are starting to move mm-hmm. forward. And so now it's like, if you don't watch Quantumania, you're going to be missing stuff. It's not like, oh, they teased this and this other thing. It's like, oh, you just don't know the stuff that happened. All I know is, if it doesn't have Madison with a Y, but not where you think, I'm not I'm not interested. <laughs> um, well, you better watch it then. Yeah. I <laughs> I, I still swear to God, as, as I say that half ironically, because I actually mm-hmm. I actually love that episode. I, did, I love that character. I was totally fine they, with that. They actually killed it with some stupid little insert like that that had no consequence at all. Right. Because it it meshed with the tone of the show. Uh-huh. And was, you know, exactly what they needed to break the tension in a certain spot. Right. But not where you think. Like, every yeah. time she said that, I was like, that's just the most perfect version of that person. Yeah. <laughs> Parker, uh, do you have a comic corner ready? Yeah, it's, it's been there for weeks. I thought we did this one already. Let me look at the. I always put them down below after I do use them. I'm just nope. worried that you did this last time. Nope. And we are the okay. last. The last one I did was A Force. Like when I did a big A Force read. Okay. Yeah, this one is this one is cool. All right. No, that's fine. I just. I could have sworn we've done this one, like, was the last one we did, because I, I seem to remember it, but I, I don't know. Okay. I finally got my kids to eat a taco. I mean, of things you that are happening. sadistic bastard. That is the most, like, for those people that don't have little kids and getting them to eat stuff, like, for the folks that have children that'll eat anything... My God in heaven, you are living a wonderful life. My children are the classic only eating pizza, chicken nuggets uh, kind of thing. And let me tell you something. If it doesn't look like a chicken nugget, they're not going to eat it. Well, and here's the thing. There's people who will say, well, that's because you're not making them do this and that, or you're not giving them fresh stuff or this and that. I'm like, listen, if your children have grandparents, the grandparents fuck this up. They love to stuff your children's face with McDonald's and things that make them happy that are just shit. Mm-hmm. So once they t- once a child tastes McDonald's, it's over. It's <laughs> over. There's like crack in that stuff. But um, we sat there and I was like, what do you guys want? Quesadilla, taco, what do you want? Uh, I guess taco, plain. So they got a taco, no cheese on it, no sauce, no nothing. Just beef and a shell. And I was like, well, those are going to be in the trash. You know, like, like I bought tacos. These will be. Trash. They just scoop out the meat, leave the shell. It's like great. Uh, and they sat there and they just ate them like normal human beings. 
I was like blown. And the you were fuck worried away. you were gonna say something to disturb them. Oh yeah, no, I was just watching and eating my taco like slowly. I'm like, oh my god, it's happening! It's happening! Uh, yeah. So big steps made over here. Big steps. Uh, can I just say, as a picky eater my entire life, mm. uh, forcing somebody to eat something is not going to help the problem. People will swear that it's my fault. I know. They swear it's yeah. the parents' fault. No, that you it's, did all it's these definitely things. a personality trait. The problem is usually that you try to branch them out too early because I remember trying a couple things I didn't like as a kid. And from then on, I was cautious of everything I ate. Yeah. I, I wish I. I don't think. I think everybody has an opinion on this particular topic, and I, I think mm-hmm. none of them are exactly accurate because it's all entirely subjective. Yeah, to like your to your personal experience and to your experience, it's like asking somebody like when I have the conversation, "What is school for?" Everybody has a very different opinion yeah. that is formed by so many different things, and so, and I I, I feel you, Jeremy. In my experience, my, both of my girls, there is no way to predict what they like. They do like the, the salt and sugar shit, but they both also like shrimp. And you're like, what is the most like, what is the most like terrifying thing you could think a child would want to peel and eat as a shrimp? A bug. But they both, they both just decided they like bugs from the water. And there's nothing I could do to like, to like change their opinion of that as opposed to a crab. I showed them a crab. They freaked out. Like, no, I don't want crab. Crab's gross. And you're like, it's, it is as close to a cousin as I can get you in the animal kingdom. What, unless I give you a prawn or a lobster, I guess, but you don't want those. Uh, it, it's very strange. There's no way of like predicting it. There is one thing when people talk about like, uh, making a kid like something, there is one approach that worked that I've ever experienced. And it was mine. My father decided he was only going to eat meatball stew for like a year. (laughs) Um, what the fuck? Meatball stew, for those of you who don't, don't never been to Cajun country, meatball stew is this, it's burnt flour in a super thick, dark roux. It comes out like a, like a porridge almost, a very thick gravy. It's a slurry. Uh, it's, the thicker the better. Like, it can't come yeah. out of, it can't come out of a can. If it's, it's cold, like it's, it's solid. So, it's kind of like gravy. Kind of like gravy. And then you put meatballs in it, just like giant fucking meatballs and my dad decided one year of his life that he was just going to go on a straight meatball stew diet and it gets served over white rice and it does not taste good like it tastes like burnt flour there aren't a lot of other ingredients and so um i remember as a kid i was like this just tastes rancid like this tastes really really bad but my dad is like this is the only food and I was like, oh, I guess I'll start to eat. I guess I'll start to eat it. And I and I started to eat it. And for a calendar year, I ate meatball stew. So by the end of the year, I enjoyed meatball stew. But I think it's because it was the food. Like I, yeah, your body starts re- recognizing it as nutrition, and so right. your body tells you you like it. Right. Yeah. It was. It was really that. That is the one time in my life that that happened. My dad. You know, later on in his life, he went through a pork chop kick, and I said, no, thank you. And I refused to ever <laughs> enjoy his pork chop. But, like, there's some things that I still to this day don't appreciate very much. But that is one that I remember going, like, he just had me eat meatball stew for a year, and now I like meatball stew. Ostensibly, it's a terrible, terrible dish, but I now enjoy it. My so, boys would have died. <laughs> they would have died. Like, they you just would have starved Pe- themselves. People get really open-minded when they're really hungry. I think it also helped at the time of my life also. I, I remember this well, so it must have been when I was like 
uh, preteen, right? Like 11, yeah, 12. Kid, and yeah. so I'm super hungry all the time. Also, I'm not an idiot, so I know it's not going to like kill me. I could probably – my daughter will say this sometimes. She goes, I won't – I wouldn't choose this, but, you know, I'll eat it. <laughs> she says that now. She's nine. Oh She's just now getting to the point where she'll go, you know what? This isn't my favorite, but you bought it, so I'm not going to be an asshole. Like, that's something she will say in, you know, non-adult non, uh, terms like that. But but my I, boys I'm just sat, starting to experience that. My, my boys have sat with a plate of buttered noodles in front of them for hours <laughs> in defiance of not eating. And they just won't eat, and they'll just go to bed. Yeah. Like I'm like yeah. I guess I guess we're just not eating because I'm fucking done. Mm-hmm. Like they won't eat spaghetti, they won't eat stuff in it. They won't. Eat, I'm like, what will you eat? Some noodles? Yeah. Well, okay, we'll try it. One kid will pick one up and like lick it a little bit, like just just barely taste it, and then I don't like it. I'm like, it's buttered noodles. Like there's no way you can't like it. It's not a thing. You can't like or dislike. Like it's not. It's the most. It's, what the fuck are you talking about? And then yeah. they just become like Stonewall Jackson. Like I, I cannot break their line. Flag, it, flag in the sand. Yeah. yeah. And and as an adult, you go adult versus kid, and you're never supposed to let that happen. But as a parent, you're just too exhausted. I'm like, fuck it, don't eat. We're just going to bed. Like that's it. Just go to bed hungry. I guess. Like. I, I just can't. I just can't. Aaron, did you ever send your kids to bed hungry? Um, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's a point of discontent between my wife and I, but uh, I'm a big fan of uh, not catering to their every woman desire while mm-hmm. also not forcing them to eat stuff that they don't like, right? So I'm yeah. not going to force them to eat broccoli because I hate it. But uh, I forget. We were in Norway at the time, and I... I you know, I made something for lunch. And like, I don't want it. I'm like, okay, fucking starve. Like, okay, mm-hmm. if you don't like it, then don't take it. But I'm not mm-hmm. making you something else. My wife was like, oh no, we need to make him X. Um, but I was in charge for the day, so I sent him to send him to school without a lunch. Like, okay, it's his choice. He was seven at the time, by the way. So, um, yeah, I was totally fine with him starving all day long until he got home. Nice. Speaking of bad parenting, I've got a story. <laughs> so, uh, they were already treading this is, pretty heavy on the line. No, this is my favorite. So this is my favorite. This happened. My boys, because, you know, the, me and my ex have been divorced for a while. So we go through these things of like, oh, we're not exactly sure who's got the kids, lunches, whatever. So the kids are at my house. And I go to open their lunch boxes, And there's trash in there. And I'm like, what is this about? So apparently... They didn't pack their lunches and just filled it with trash, and they took trash to lunch because no one did it the day before, and everybody thought the other person did it. So they got to school, opened their lunch, and there was just trash from like two days in their lunch boxes. I was like, oh, my God, and they will not eat hot lunch. So anyway, I, I was like, that actually happened. They opened their lunch boxes, and it was just filled with trash from like two days. Like from the their previous lunches that they yeah. just put the trash back in the yep. box. Yep. Okay. And that was uh I thought for a minute you were like they went into the trash can and filled no. the lunch boxes with no, trash no, 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 no. and then went to school because they're like, Well, we can't find any food. They're, no, their grandparents, being the way they are, was just like, Oh, okay, uh, we'll get to it later and just put the trash in their boxes. So the poor kids got to school, opened their boxes, and they just had trash in there. <laughs> I felt like I'm sure. And then they like go to the office. Like, can we call our parents? Yeah, 
I, I'm That's certain great. that I sat in front of an email more like I typed it to the principal, like, I'm telling you this is not the way we treat our children, like this was an accident, <laughs> like and I was just deleted, whatever. But yeah, that was fucked up. Social and, services either coming or they're not. <laughs> and now the kids regularly go, Did you guys remember to do my lunch? I'm like, I'm so sorry, that was not me. That's great. I like that. Mm, I got trash. All right. You guys ready to go? Let's go. All right. We did it, guys. We did it. We did Gotta it. ban that shit. Why yeah. is why is Hot. Parker getting unrestricted? I don't understand. It's you, Aaron's. I don't know if you were aware of this in the moment, but you talked for eight minutes straight one time. Oh. I did not realize and that was multiple people were trying to wave you down on the cameras and you were doing your stare to the right thing that you do a lot. <laughs> he blacked out, woke up, still talking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. shit. Oops. Oops. My bad. Hey, don't apologize to us. Apologize to the listeners. Uh, I don't apologize to them. It might have been profound. It might have been important. But <laughs> you guys deserve to talk to me. You heard that, listeners. He doesn't like you. Mm-hmm. No, it's the, quite the opposite. I think you deserve me. But <laughs> oh no, that's even worse. <laughs> but but Aaron and Jeremy and Brandon, they all need they all need an opportunity. A heavy dose. Um. Okay, so I'm just checking our our stats for our pod, and uh, so we're doing strong. Listener count still going up. That seems good. It hasn't started going down yet. Um. So that's always good. Uh, good, I don't know if good, it can good. go down. I hope it can't. Yeah, why do you say yet? Like this is I, I don't happens. know. Okay. This is new to me. It's okay. the numbers, the figures. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have over 200 plays per episode now, which is good. We used to be around. Remember when we hit 75, we were like, ah, we're doing it, guys. People listen. Yeah. So we, we triple that now. It's great. Hot damn. Uh, although I just gave me this new this new stat. It didn't used to give this. We have 93 followers on Spotify. So if you follow us on Spotify, good job. Thank you. Not no. Do you, wait? Do you follow us on Spotify? Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. What? I have another. You, really, you do? Did, You're like did the guy you... that wears a T-shirt of the band he's going to see. Don't be that guy. Isn't there a? Isn't there a? <laughs> is is just the? But I just wanted the. I just wanted Spotify to tell me when there was like new episodes. Is that it? Is that what I did? Do you not know when there's new episodes of the podcast? <laughs> no, no. I just wanted it to po- when it pops up. I wanted it to be oh, there for okay. me to be able to click. That's what I meant. Oh, okay. I wanted it to be in my whatever you call it feed. I guess is that what? Do you it... actually listen to it, or you just like it being in the feed? I, I listen to it occasionally. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, I, at the rate you miss episodes, it makes sense. That you I do them. not like listening ah! to episodes that I talk on. It it bothers me a little. Uh, uh-huh. But some episodes I listen to on purpose because I want to I want to hear them again. I don't nice. like listening to episodes you talk on either. Oh shit, Aaron! We both know that's not true. I, 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 <laughs> that's fucking you cold as ice. You can say it all you want. That cold was pretty brutal. Hey, let me refresh. Maybe we'll be at ninety four. Right. See, I don't even have Spotify, so. I just do the iTunes. Do you have an iTunes number? Uh, I I mean, we are on iTunes. Uh, sure. Let me see if, I, if it mean, will tell me. Audience. That's where I'm subscribed. Uh, so 34.6% of our listeners are on Apple, uh, which is also what I have, but I haven't followed our... I'm not that much of a narcissist. Uh, I do it for the same reason Parker does. If I miss an episode, yeah. I want it to pop up and listen to it. I uh, I just don't miss episodes. Hmm. No, I missed one, and I called in as a guest. 
I don't know if you guys remember that. I was I very remember. drunk at Adepticon. Yep. Like, and so I, going, I, t- I opened my phone. I'm getting ready to take a shower. I open my phone and I'm scrolling Discord and I see that they're online. I'm like, mm, I gotta fuck with them. And so I turn on, I, open, I jump into the channel, turn on my camera, and just point it at the ceiling of my hotel room. And Jeremy's like, mid he goes, what the fuck? <laughs> just, and then I just slowly pan the screen and I'm like, hi guys. Oh, no, the listeners can hear me. So they just think Jeremy's having a stroke. Ridiculous. You said room, you meant bathroom, right? It was the bathroom. Yeah, yes. I know. Because <laughs> I could hear you talking to them in the bathroom when I was trying to sleep <laughs> in another room. Uh, so, yeah, we have 46% of our listeners on uh, Spotify. Podcast Addict, 4.9%. So that's a lot is the, you know, the first two. Uh, it's 80%, 81% are on Spotify or Apple. That's cool. United Kingdom, 8% of our listener base. That's number two. Wait a second. Hold on. Oh, yeah, U.S. jumped up like 3% since like last month. That probably just means, oh, Denmark, 2%. We're coming. We're coming to Schivenhaven. They're the seventh highest percentage Denmarkians. I don't know how that works. Is it Denmarkians? Danes. They're called Danes. Danes. The Danes. Wow. The Danes. Come on. Well, we can't I come. don't know. We can't come now, fucking I've been Denmarkians. To, I've been, oh, my God. I've been to three countries in my life. I've been to the U.S., obviously, Belgium, and Missouri. Those are I was going to say and Tennessee. <laughs> There's definitely some people in Missouri that still think they're not part of the U.S. Like, they thought they won. All right. Uh, well, that's our fun stats for the week. Um, I will definitely be playing games tomorrow. Aaron will more than likely be playing games tomorrow. Jeremy will be Jeremy on Discord. Uh, Parker, oh, I'm gonna find be a team. Tomorrow. Find a team. I'm on. I'm on uh, Aaron's team. No. Nope. Why are you banning me from this? There's nothing. We're, there's three people left on the list that you that you organized. Clearly, they can uh, make a team. Well, I haven't added everyone. I just only added the people that responded. Not everyone's active on Discord. Oh. So I can I'll I can find at least eight people that haven't signed up yet. Oh, okay. Uh, for the people that don't know, we're running a three-person team event at our store, and uh, it looks like it's actually going to be pretty popular. So I'm excited. I'm not surprised at all. They're fun, and we're good <laughs> and humble. Mm-hmm. We're also the most humble podcast. That's also the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Both things. Yeah, we're just. It's very rare. To have a group of people so humble and so good at something at the same time. And let me tell you, it's it's extremely rare. We're really the best at being humble. Yeah. My number biggest... one in humbleness, also number one in skill level. Also my biggest that. my biggest weakness is that I just don't stop working. That's my biggest yeah. weakness. <laughs> my biggest weakness is I only stop working. Wait, no. Wait, wait. Um yeah, so I'm very excited for the team tournament. I'm at this point. I don't even care what next month's tournament is. Like it could be nothing. I don't even know. We'll have zero people show up. I'm like that's fine. It's all coming in April. Well, as long as Aaron Parent and I are on a team, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Parker's gonna have a real bad time. It's not happening. DQ'd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why you guys are so. Are you? You're just against us because the, the the. We all agreed we would we would be on different teams. Yeah. That totally way we could that. have more teams. Right. But then you let other people form teams and exclude us. That is not what happened. Mm. I'm pretty sure that's what there happened. There were just people that were more proactive than Parker, which is like, you know, 
Not actually that long of a list when I think about it. No, it's actually. <laughs> there's there's one team formed without Parker. It's not that many. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here. I guess. Um, if you live in the the Midwest, specifically near enough to Kansas City to drive to a tournament that is a three person team tournament, you should come to our team tournament on April eighth. It's going to be a blast. Mm-hmm. But hit me up on Discord first, so I know you're coming, so we can make sure we have enough space. Because it's going to be a big one. Are we going to have shirts by then? We can maybe sell shirts. Uh, I've been working on shirts. Uh, we are closer to shirts than we've ever been before. Just like we're closer to nuclear fusion than we've ever been before. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like right on the cusp. Any moment now. Boom. Yep. <laughs> Wait. Okay. No. Opposite. Uh, no. Yeah. So. I mean, we're closer to jerseys than we've ever been for sure. The shirts are, are also coming along. Um, I don't know. I, I would guess we're a few weeks away from shirts, but yeah, we'll see. I'm very excited. I definitely want to have shirts before Adepticon. Let's do it. Yep. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye now.